Christmas is the time of year For being with the ones we love Sharing so much joy and cheer Hello everyone and welcome to The Rewatchman where we don't review movies, we re-review movies. I am your host TCD Witt and joining me today... On our friend anniversary, oh. is Stephen Abraham. I done hey. that, buddy. Welcome back, man. Six years. Six years we've been friends. Oh, it's, it's, it was that's like almost six years of doing this podcast. Actually, well, yeah, I guess in, in a few months we'll be at the six years of me doing the podcast. Yeah, you know, every once in a while. Every once in a while, <laughs> you're you were the you were the first addition to the the team because it was me and ben yeah candace and and ben's girlfriend were there all the time but they were just always in the background they weren't really on the show yeah uh, you were the first regular to come onto the show i, I got a drawing yeah yeah <laughs> i th- yeah you came before chad i think i added you and mike around the same time but man, mike hasn't been on years so <laughs> i missed that guy <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it, but it's uh it's funny because you were on your way over and i went on to facebook just to check in and and the Friendiversary video is up. Yeah. <laughs> I, normally those are very, like, wh- why do you randomly tell decide me to tell yeah. me? Because I, I have a lot of friends. I don't say yeah. I don't say no to a, a friend request because I promote stuff on Facebook. That's yeah. what I use it for. Uh, my artwork and my movies and podcasts. It makes sense. Yeah. You got to get more yeah. people to watch. Yeah. And uh, so when it popped up, I'm like, what a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why when I saw it, I was like, I got to share this. And like, then it's all pictures of relish. Yeah. It's just all relish pictures. Like, <laughs> before we leave, I leave today, we need to get like a normal picture of us. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. We should do that. We will. Yeah. Uh, but for those listening, if you've never seen the the first collaboration between Stephen and I was Relish. a short film called Relish, which I wrote and you directed. Yeah, it was a I, lot of fun, and I acted in it, and uh, I like that one. I still like that short. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yes, yes, we were recording. It's okay. It's all good. RG snuck out. Okay, we'll keep an eye out for him. You're welcome. I mean, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Steve, t- today, uh, in the spirit of Christmas, we are watching a Lethal Weapon, the 1987 Lethal Weapon, uh, directed by Richard Donner, the director of Superman. What? All right. Um, those opening credits. And Superman 2? Yeah, well, kind of. The Donner cut. Yeah, the Donner cut. <laughs> uh, and written by the man who loves Christmas more than anyone, Shane Black. That's right. Shane, I, yep. I always forget he wrote this. Yep. No yes. wonder I enjoy it so much. <laughs> Starring <laughs> Danny Glover and Mel Gibson as the... I'm getting too old for this. Yeah. Uh, except that is not the line of dialogue. That is a misquote. It's, I'm too old for this. I'm too old for this. I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. That's shit. A, in, in Lethal Weapon. Well, that's... I'm getting too old for this shit, TC. <laughs> I'm just, I'm forgetting things, it's, okay? No, it's it's not, you're not wrong, because he does say I'm getting too old for this shit. In, in like, the every sequels, movie after. In the sequels, but in the original one, he just says it three times, I'm too old for this. I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. Um, too old for this shit, Riggs. <laughs> but for those who might not remember, on Christmas and it's it's around Christmas time. Uh, veteran police officer Roger Murtaugh is partnered with a younger suicidal officer, Martin Riggs. They both have one thing in common: hating working in pairs. They don't want a partner. What a poorly worded synopsis on IMDb. 
Both so, they both they both have one thing in common: hating working in pairs. That's a, that is a bad <laughs> sentence. I I really want to watch this movie based off this summary. Now they I must, love seeing people that can't work together. Now they must w- learn to work together uh, to stop a gang of drug smugglers. Nineteen eighty-seven. Gary Busey. Gary Busey's the albino. Pretty mis- crazy. Mister Joshua. <laughs> What's your name? You can call me Mister Joshua. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Before he like drugged so, himself out of his gourd. <laughs> do you think though do that think the I'm getting too old for this mm-hmm. became I'm too getting old for this because of that like misconception, and like that's why in all the sequels that's what the line that's became. what the line is. No, I I I don't. Or do know. do we all just remember I'm getting too old for this because all the other movies said all that? All the other movies say it probably because of that, and then they probably wrote it that way because. It, the first one here, he's he turned. He's 50. already too old for he, that. Shit. He turned fifty, and he's I'm too old for this. And I don't. <laughs> he's not eyeballing retirement, but he's definitely like not enjoying the job like he used to. Yeah. Um, but then they're like, hey, let's make another one. It's like, oh, oh, okay. Um, I'm still getting. I'm I'm, 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 I'm still too old for this. <laughs> no, no, that doesn't work. Um, uh, I'm about to be too old for. No, no, no. How about? I'm getting, getting too, too Yes, old that's it. Make that the line of dialogue. <laughs> How old was Danny Glover during this movie? Uh, that, that is a very good question. How old was Danny Glover at the uh, – you know what? I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> I mean, okay, fine. I'll look it up. I don't think he was 50, right? Like, well, you, 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 you uh, fill the space while I'm over here on, on IMDb trying to figure it out. So uh, I'm getting too old for this shit. Man, Shane Black didn't write the second one. He just conceptualized the story. Uh, now, I haven't... Okay, let's back okay, up. Okay, 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 okay. When's the last time you saw this? <laughs> uh, like, earlier this year, I think I watched all four. Okay. Because they're all treasures. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen this movie, and I can't remember how long. Oh, okay. But this was the first R-rated movie I ever saw. Nice. I, I went over to my friend Tim Nelson's house. And he's like, hey, want to see a cool movie? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he popped in this, and it opens up with the naked boobies. And I'm yes. like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, mm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this was the first R-rated movie I saw. I don't know. I probably was. Oh, oh Archie wants to get back in, Tia. Um, this and maybe Predator. See, I was going to say, I think Predator was my first R-rated film. Yeah, I, th- I, I can remember seeing Predator at Andrew Fulmer's house sometime in elementary school, but it was on TV, so it wasn't And you're ratting out all your yeah, old I'm buddies. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, see, so Danny Glover. Yeah. I think Predator, I'm like 90% sure, was my first R-rated. So good. Yeah, he was only 42 when he made Lethal Weapon, Danny Glover. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he didn't seem like he was fifty. No, because that would make him like ninety or something ridiculous <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah, he was born. Make him eighty. But... <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know math, math. Yeah, nah, math. Yeah, arithmetic's not <laughs> our strongest suit here on the podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, have, uh, calling you're calling them treasures. So I'm assuming you like these movies. I like the first one a lot. The first one a lot. Okay. The rest are just kind of fun. I I've romps. seen them all. I've seen all four of them. I I can tell you the fourth one. I can remember that one maybe because it's the one I saw most yeah. recently, maybe because it's the newest one. It's not very good. I couldn't remember what the plot was for this one, and I don't remember what the plot is for the second one. 
actually I know Rene Russo's in the third one. That's that's how little uh, affection I have for these one, films, I guess. The next one's where Joe Pesci gets in. Oh involved. god, does he have the bleach blonde hair in the yeah. second one? Okay, 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 okay. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know the the first one's the really good one. The yeah. rest, the rest I can watch. I I'm I'm a sucker for like cop buddy buddy cop movies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so like i'm excited for bright that's coming out <laughs> tomorrow even though it's gotten like a it's little some bad little... reviews <laughs> <laughs> um which this... i kind of expected a uh, david ayers uh... i didn't know max landis wrote it and when i i heard that today i was like oh so it's probably not good because oh. max landis as far as i'm concerned has written one good movie and that was chronicle yeah and you know he's he's doing taking over his dad's work He's redoing American Werewolf in London. Come on. Yeah, and his dad told him, don't do this. Don't do this. He's like, dad, dad, I'll do what I want. Jesse Eisenberg played me in Batman vs. Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Um, Good movies. Good movies. Good. Well, specifically, we're talking about the first one here. So, movie. Because it's been so long since I've seen it and not having like a very – I remember things as they were happening. Yeah. I – I want to say up front, I like this movie. Yeah, I think it is a good. I think it is a classic buddy cop movie, if yep. not the definitive buddy cop yeah. movie. Yeah, I was going to ask you, did Forty Eight Hours come before or after this? Because Forty Eight Hours is kind of the other like buddy cop movie, right? Yeah, uh, or or Beverly Hills Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash. <laughs> yeah, because Beverly Hills Cop, he doesn't have a partner, right? Or at least in the first one. Right in the first one, he comes from Detroit to L.A. Mm-hmm. and and looks for and he's trying to uh, help out a friend. Uh, Forty Eight Hours came first. Oh, okay. 82. Oh, wow. Yeah. That one's really old, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not really old. But 30, 36 years old. Five years before that, the before Lethal Weapon, I always thought of Lethal Weapon as like the like. Like that one came out and everyone copied it? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was interested to ask you about that because that's Nick Nolte and uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Oh, I'm tangenting all over the place here, but Nick Nolte was supposed to host SNL before the release of 48 Hours, and he backed out the day before. Oh, for probably drug reasons. <laughs> so, Eddie it's Murphy, naughty. while a cast member, hosted Saturday Night Live. Nice. And they did all of Nick Nolte's skits, and Eddie Murphy played the parts that Nick Nolte was supposed to play. <laughs> and even so far as like you know, they show the the host's photo between commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. They still showed Nick Nolte's photo, but they paste they taped Eddie Murphy's face over all his pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, love it. Yeah, love the yeah. trivia. Yeah. It's, it's the only time a cast member has ever hosted the show while they're a cast member. You know, you, you, there's not many cast members that I would say like could pull it off, it, right? <laughs> and could pull it off. That was like Eddie Murphy prime. Yeah. Like. Uh, so we keep tangenting off of Lethal Weapon, which yeah. sometimes you could re- remark as a bad thing because if you're talking about a movie, but you're you keep mentioning other movies. It might say something about the movie we're trying to discuss. I think it's just because we're excited to be talking yeah, to each yeah. other. It's been a while. We're nerding out, yes. <laughs> doing something I love. Nobody I can talk to movies like I can with you. <clears throat> Except for Mr. Ben Toe. Uh, ben, ben Ben is still abroad right now. Where are you, Ben? <laughs> ben? I believe he's currently in France. <laughs> uh, uh, and, I hope he, and, and I hope he's doing well, Ben. We Hurry back, Ben. We miss you. Um, I mean that. I don't want yeah. that to sound disingenuous. Yeah, <laughs> I do back. mean it, Ben. I miss come you. Come back now. Um, Where the, are you? I, I do like Lethal Weapon. And rewatching it, I did enjoy it. But I don't think this movie – I don't think you could get someone new to watch this. No, I think – I think It's, it's got to be somebody that, like, enjoys those 80 action movies. Yeah. Because it's – 
one thing I was going to mention is as we're progressing way past those 80s films mm-hmm. and th- those action movies in particular, you get those like John Wicks and you're like, man, the action in this isn't very good yeah, at all. Yeah, going back and oh. the further back you go in action movies, yeah, it really is something to when, – when an older movie does hold up, especially action films, mm-hmm. I don't think this one holds up action-wise. This is a good – drama with some light comedic elements to yeah. it honestly i i knowing shane black's body of work right nice guys of his most recent work i really enjoyed loved nice it was guys. my yeah. super i good. think i made it my number two of the year it came out in will the people hunt for the will the people was my number one <laughs> nice but shane black has a style to his dialogue yeah richard donner has a style to his direction i don't necessarily think that meshed right in this it wasn't perfect Murtaugh and Riggs, uh, Danny Glover and and Mel Gibson are great. These are definitive yeah. roles in in this genre. Right? Well, and that's what makes this movie work is their Those connection two, yeah. and their the like. By the end, they're like best buds. Right, they're drinking on his boat. And At stuff. least they've they've yeah. By the end of the whole series, yeah. they're they're brothers, right? Yeah. But I I almost feel like Mel Gibson was miscast for this role. It's a definitive role for him. To be fair, mm-hmm. but in terms of Shane Black's body of work and how his dialogue comes out of his characters' mouths when he's directing, compared to how Mel Gibson delivered it in here, there's a he's a little over the top, right? Well, like, I, I don't think he was the right comedic fit. When I look at Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe, right? <laughs> they and that's under Shane Black's direction as well. Yeah. There isn't a line of dialogue that does not work in Nice Guys. Um, uh, I mean, Iron Man three. Even if you want to look at yeah. the, the Marvel movies, I know people. That's a divisive, divisive film. I like Iron Man three quite. I a thought bit. it was the best of the <laughs> Iron Man. Um, Don't hurt me. Hey, you're in safe space right here because I agree with you. <laughs> Hold me, TC. They're coming. <laughs> they're coming. They're coming. Lock the doors. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm, it's not so much a criticism. I think Mel Gibson does a really fine job here, but. This is pre-crazy Mel Gibson. Is Danny well, Glover the only one who came out of this? Is there really <laughs> ever pre-crazy, pre-crazy Mel Gibson? There's just uh, like publicly crazy yeah. Mel Gibson. I, and you know what? I'm not going to put it on Mel Gibson. I'm going to put it on Richard Donner. I love Richard Donner. I think yep. uh, Superman, the motion picture, is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is the Fantastic. Defin- it's the definitive superhero movie. Even the definitive super movies that have come since, like Dark Knight or Logan or The Avengers, right, have – Everything to thank Richard Donner for for what he did in Superman. Raimi's Spider-Man, his first one, yep. is Superman. I've said that before. And so I love Richard Donner, but I don't know if he was the right director for the, this script. I don't know. It's it's odd because, again, I do think this movie's good. I do think Lethal Weapon's good. Yeah. But there's just tiny elements that, whether it's the dated element of it or it's some of the direct. The, here we go. There's several scenes that end with them walking off talking. And mm-hmm. it's clearly that Shane Black scripted banter. Yeah. But they're fading it out and letting the music come over. Instead and, of us getting unless, all that. Uh, yeah, instead banter. of letting us hear yeah. it and let that... Like, there's a whole uh, exchange of banter where he smokes in the car. We're just watching the car drive yeah. into this distance in B-roll. It's mm-hmm. like, no, stay in the car. Let me see yeah. Mel and... Uh, let me see that... Rela- cause, don't smoke in the car. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. Let me see that. That's funny. Yeah. Let me watch them perform because Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, uh, they're two characters. They connect. Like, you get to see them develop as is, right? 
it would only be strengthened if we had seen them more when yeah. they, or well, heard them more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, that's like one of the strong suits of something like uh, End of Watch. I mean, not to bring up another yes. movie. No, but, no, no, please. You it's, know, it's End of Watch, perfectly good like, they have some wonderful banter, which makes you really care for those characters, mm-hmm. especially by the end. Yeah. But you get to see them as more as people, not just like them pushing along the plot. Exactly. Right? It, it's that cutting away or fading yeah. out that dates this movie even more. Yeah. Because by not letting us look at the faces and not letting us see the performances, yep. we're left to look at 1987 Los Angeles yeah. or that car or the background. Like we're yeah. not we're not experiencing the performance of the actors, we're experiencing the the overall city itself. And I think that's what dated this movie the most is though that directorial decision. That and that's a and there's a lot of saxophone in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, do you know who did the score for this? No. It was Michael Kamen who did the X Men and um, with Eric Clapton. <laughs> I saw it all that makes sense now. I saw that I saw Eric Clapton but I'm like Eric Clapton. <laughs> that's garbage, which is what you're hearing in the background now is the garbage truck driving by. <laughs> for that no nah, i'm not gonna cut it <laughs> i'm committing or we're powering through here well so so i actually think i may have less issues with uh mel gibson in the role i think there's just a few parts for me where i feel like he just you know he's like i've been saving this one bullet mm-hmm. this one bullet like where he's yelling when they go into that uh that the, uh, little shop after yeah, they, they go jump to the store. off yeah, they, get in here get yeah. in here you're trying to die you're trying to kill yourself yeah and I thought he was like too over the top, like just too like I'm insane, I'm insane. <laughs> and he pulls the trigger, yeah. and Murtaugh sees like you're not trying to get yeah some psych benefits here. Yeah, you're, you actually want to die. die. Yeah. And I thought like those are like one of the few scenes for me that I feel like I, I think I have less issue, but maybe I'm just overly powered by the nostalgia mm-hmm. of it all. And I'm I'm and, I'm trying to be critical without. I don't hate this movie. I, yeah. I will keep saying it. I do like this movie. Yeah. Uh, but it's for a specific audience. Uh, but yeah. uh, and also, your your what you're saying about his over the topness, it's it feels a little forced yeah, for me. A little bit. So like when he when he goes to shoot himself after yeah. he does the drug bust and he does the Three Stooges, yeah. which is such a great yeah. that's a great <laughs> moment where he slaps the one guy and pokes the other yeah. guy in the eye and then pulls his gun. That's a great scene. Yeah. That is a great scene. And there are plenty of great scenes in this movie. But then you get him in his RV and he is looking at the picture of his wife who has passed away and he's got the bullet and he goes, this is such a dramatic moment. It's it's straight up drama. There's no yeah. it's not action comedy, which I think people would mistakenly call this an action comedy. Maybe at the time, uh, but I would not call Lethal Weapon an action comedy. No, it's, it's an action movie. It's an action drama, if anything. The other ones are action comedies in a way. Yeah, they. Well, <laughs> they no, 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 way you, more sillier. <laughs> yeah, and, and if memory serves, they uh, ham it up. They 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 leaned more into the comedy yeah. of of the sequels, particularly that fourth one. You got Chris Rock in there, oh, and, yeah. right, doing his. He, if, I can even remember in the fourth one, he does a whole bit about cell phones, like yeah. making them small. <laughs> Let's see if I can do a Chris Rock like <laughs> I can't. <do> it. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, the, the, I'm not going to do a Chris Rock. <laughs> don't try. It's okay. I don't want to know. No. <laughs> um, but this isn't an action comedy. It's an action crime thriller. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's another thing. This movie's short. It's, it's an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. 
Like that's really short compared to movies nowadays, which uh, go two, two forty, like a whole other two forty five, like epic crime drama. Yeah, this this movie would benefit from more because the bad guys in this don't. They, they Mister Joshua, they just plug along real quick. Like, yep. There's a general smuggling some heroin. Okay, now they're trying to kill Riggs and Murtaugh. Okay, they, yep. they Riggs and Murtaugh kill them. Like it's so <laughs> quick. It's so quick. There's very little development of the bad guys to the point of confusion if you were not paying attention to what's going on you'd be like wait who's this guy was he in this movie earlier like mr joshua's a henchman right gary Busey's not the main villain he's the henchman that becomes the, like the main villain. yeah he's though. he's he's the muscle right if yeah. you think in terms of 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 uh, indiana jones He's he's not the heavy he's the heavy he's not the boss yeah. right yeah the general general Mer, um, McAllister of all names another Christmas <laughs> movie with a McAllister wait a minute mm. is this Kevin's trajectory <laughs> he becomes a drug smuggling general right hundred <laughs> um, percent I I like like uh, they both Murtaugh and Riggs have Vietnam experience yeah right. Uh, Murtaugh, the reason he even gets embroiled in this investigation with his former friend is because his friend saved him in Vietnam. You owe me. Yeah, yep. I owe you. And uh, Martin, uh, so uh, Riggs even says, yeah. like, it's after they have dinner with the family, and then he's leaving. And, uh, you know, hey, if you don't kill anyone tomorrow and you don't kill me, I'll, I'll see about trusting you. That's what yeah. that's what uh, Murtaugh says. And Riggs stops at his truck, turns around, goes, I killed my first person at 19 years old with eight mile per hour wind at a thousand yards. Yeah. It's the only thing I've ever been good at. Uh, are you serious? And then yeah. he doesn't say anything and gets in his truck and drive away. That's yeah. like, whoa. It says a lot about the, it informs the character quite yeah. a bit, which is why, it, see, I know that they, it re- loses all this in the other films. Yeah. Because they lean into the comedy. Yeah. This movie has the sequels. It's been remade as a TV series. They're also remaking it as a film. Like, and the TV series was renewed for another season, so that's strange. <laughs> I haven't even seen the show. <laughs> uh, one of the Waynes is yeah. plays Murtaugh. Isn't it the? Is it Damon Wayne? I think it's Damon Wayne. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Major Pain. Wa- watching Lethal Weapon, and for those of you who might not have rewatched it, uh, it it's unfortunately not streaming anywhere, so I had to watch the DVD. Yeah. Uh, but if you can't find it, rewatch it. I felt about halfway through the movie, I made a, a the successor of this movie, of of the style of this movie, of the drama and the and the mix of action and the thriller aspect of it, is not Lethal Weapon, not any, not even Die Hard, nothing like that. I think the successor of this is Twenty Four. If you ever watch Twenty Four, Kiefer Sutherland is this very damaged war hero who is part is a law enforcement and he will he goes to the edge and he a keeper sutherland's jack like bauer Riggs. <laughs> is a well he's a mix of Merton yeah. and Riggs. he's he's a ma- amalgamation of these two characters and what what their dramatic beats are in just this lethal weapon film this first one i think are combined to make jack bauer and the tone and style especially of the first season and two se- two seasons of 24 that's the true successor to Lethal Weapon. Huh. I never really thought about it, yeah. to be honest. Well, I mean, I, I doubt anyone has <laughs> thought about it, but in, in rewatching it and, and feeling the, the slow pace, the buildup, they spend 25 minutes just developing Martin and uh, Murtaugh. 
I have a Briggs and Murtaugh. And I think that that's does a favor to the movie. Oh, yeah, sure. 100%. You, you, you uh, get to see they have two major scenes apart from each other before they yep. team up, and Murtaugh sees, gun, crazy man with a gun. Yeah. And like, um, you get to see the, the heroin bust with the Christmas trees. And, yep. And then you also get the, uh, what's the other second one? There's uh, uh, the scene in the RV. Like, you get some time with, with Mel Gibson, and then you get the family life with Murtaugh. Yep. And His in, birthday. <laughs> right. All that Which, stuff. Which, I... That bathtub scene is weird. Okay, it's super weird. It's uh, so so. Murtaugh is His grown how, children coming in there. He's in the bath, buck ass naked. <laughs> yep. And happy birthday to you. <laughs> the family comes in. His three children, yeah. including his teenage, like a uh, older teenage daughter. Yep. And his wife. He's naked in the tub, and they are like. They don't stand at the door. They go up to the tub. They're kissing him on the head. They're tussling. He's tussling their hair. Yeah. They're giving him the cake. <laughs> and then and then the scene ends, and the family leaves, and the teenage daughter stays in the room, and she's, like, leaning over the tub to have a conversation face-to-face with him yep. and gives him a kiss on the lips before she leaves. And I'm Candace was, like, watching over my shoulder, and she's like, what the hell are you watching? <laughs> I'm like, you know, Candace, I – Families in family. I don't remember this on Family Matters, but maybe maybe black families in the '80s did things differently. <laughs> it was very odd. <laughs> very. And then it was weird. Yeah, I maybe Richard Donner had a weird childhood. I, I that's how. So I like to think it was the Ferris Bueller's quote. So that's how they do it in that family. <laughs> it was very strange. <laughs> Uh, I do have some some couple of notes here. Um, uh, Shane Black and his conversation, like his his dialogue's so good. Like Shane yeah. Black, if, if for those of you who who might not be, we've already mentioned several of his films in in um, Iron Man three and the Nice Guys. Um, obviously, upcoming he wrote this predators. one. Uh, the up, yeah, the upcoming Predator. Um, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. I've never it, seen that actually. Oh, very good. Yes, I highly recommend that. Um, he, I mean, he he wrote elements of the Lego Avengers game. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, let's see what else we got here. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Last action hero. Um, uh, uh, last Boy Scout likes the word last, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he wrote Monster Squad. <laughs> I like that movie too. Yeah. And um, I like Last Action here. Haven't seen The Last Boy Scout. And Long Kiss Goodnight would be his. Haven't seen that either. And he did write Lethal Weapon 4, so maybe or maybe that would be one to go back to to see. Huh. I still think Chris Rock probably overpowers that movie. He does. <laughs> uh, but he writes such great dialogue. That's why I'm I'm disappointed that they didn't stick with the dialogue in those mm-hmm. scenes when they would cut away. Um, oh, that saxophone. Wait. <laughs> Haven't heard that much saxophone since Taxi Driver. Hey. <laughs> Uh, that's actually all the notes I took on this movie. Um, it's it's just fun. I I, yeah, I have a lot of fun with it. It's not even though like y- y- it's lighter on the comedy compared to the other ones. It's mm-hmm. still really enjoyable to watch. Yeah, it's. I good. like the kind of noir beginning to the film, mm-hmm. and then you get into that like eighties action. They have like you know Riggs is set up with the sniper rifle out in the middle <laughs> of the desert. Yeah, they're getting uh, Murtaugh's like daughter back. And you got that 
I I still enjoy that fight with him and Gary Busey on the lawn. Yeah. In the it's really good. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. It, it, for it, guys that aren't like doing martial, like trained in martial arts, I thought they did a great job. And it's them doing it. Too. Yeah. There's some there's some good stunt chore- fight choreography there. Would have liked to seen more of it because there's quite a bit of cutting, but that's yeah. just standard for actors who probably can't really fight all yep. that much. What struck me out in that scene is that Murtaugh is like, this is my this is my scene. I'm in control here until until the detective shows yeah. up. Let them fight it out. Let yeah. them fight it out. I loved then, it. And, and even, <laughs> even going to the point where like it ends with him, uh, Riggs is strangling um, uh, Mr. Joshua, and, and Murtaugh is like, kill him. Break his effing neck. Do it. Yeah. Do it. And, and then Riggs is like, no, it's too good for you. I, I'm surprised Gary Busey lived to that point. They're not going to let that guy live. He still yeah. gets gunned down in the end. It's so good, dude. <laughs> it, it, it was great that it was Murtaugh that took the shot, right? <laughs> if I remember They both take it. They both shoot. They're both shooting. It's bang, yeah. bang. And they, they're they standing shoulder to shoulder, and both their arms are out. And <laughs> God, that ending is a lot like the ending to Die Hard. Die Hard, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about them both, because I think I was starting to think about Carl. You thought Carl just took it, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember his name in, in Die Hard. It's Al, isn't it? Al. Yeah. Al, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, it's super similar. He's, like, wrapping the blanket yeah, around yeah. him. It's all said uh, and done. And then uh, bad guy comes back. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Bang. Yeah. Um, it's fine. Um, I, I will go. We we should discuss. It. So I open this by saying it's a Christmas movie, and there's a, there's there's plenty of memes. There's two types of people in this world: people who say Die Hard's a Christmas movie, it people is. who are wrong. <laughs> it is. I think not wrong. I I absolutely agree. But it's come to a point now where it's like, all right, ha ha ha. Your favorite movie, Christmas movie, is Die Hard. It's been said too much. The joke yeah. has been driven into the ground. <laughs> It's um, not a joke for me, TC. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. But really, really, and I'm sorry to be this way, it's a movie set during Christmas. It's not a Christmas movie. So this movie versus Die Hard, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Yeah, but it's, He says, ho, you're, ho, you're ho, right. now I have you a machine right. gun. Way more than this movie. Way more than Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon being set during Christmas doesn't... It only have Christmas... Isn't it Christmas Day where they like ruin Murtaugh's house, or is it not even Christmas Day yet? It's not even Christmas Day. Like, but like, there's Christmas trees and there's lights yeah. and whatnot, and that's about it. Die Hard certainly. They, I have a, now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho! ho like ho, ho. at the very least, the fact that he uses the Christmas packaging tape. To yeah. Ta- ta- there's far more Christmas involved in Die Hard. <laughs> Shane Black did not write that one, right? No, he didn't. <laughs> um. So uh, Maybe McTiernan would have been better for directing this. Movie. Oh, for directing *Lethal Weapon*, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. McTiernan has directed two of the greatest action movies of all time: <laughs> *Die Hard* and *Predator*. <laughs> was, *Predator* was this year, the year that this movie came out, right? Eighty-seven. Uh, yeah, that, that would be right. Yeah. Oh man, actually, 80, eighty-seven is an amazing year for film. I mean, I, I was born, so <laughs> oh, it's an amazing year for all of us. <laughs> then, um, for those you're who, welcome, world. <laughs> for those of you who might enjoy YouTube channels. And you haven't checked out Cinefix. Cinefix does a series calls, uh, called um, Things You Probably Didn't Know About Movies. They'll do seven things you probably didn't know about this movie. And this year, they have been doing a slew of 1987 movies. Because it's in, it is gr- amazing how many movies came out in 87. That's like, wow, that was a good year of film. <laughs> it was. Um, but you, you, were, you were born in 87. Yeah. 
greatest thing to happen to film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to bring up Cinefix's YouTube channel, so instead of just saying, they have a lot of great movies. Like, I know Monster Squad was one of them. Is that 87? That was 87. Yeah. Oh, man, Shane Black was busy this he had a, year. He had a good year. He had a good year that year. <laughs> well, uh, it's weird. I, I assumed he was a really young guy because he was doing, like, Nice Guys and stuff, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Iron Man 3, and just... Uh, he's like found this new success. He's he. I mean, not that no, he no, wasn't no. successful before, but it feels like a resurgence of uh, Mr. Shane Black. Yeah, which I, is, I think so. I, I wonder if Iron Man three played a part in that. Yeah, um, getting him more or less back on the radar. I'm excited that he's doing Predator. Me too. Yeah. If if anyone's gonna be our hope, it's gonna, it's be, gonna him. be him right now. <laughs> because the other ones have been garbage. Which Poop. is what you're hearing in the background now. That's yeah. the garbage truck driver. Trash. 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 Murtaugh so, even went to fight the Predator. Uh, 87. Go to Cinefix and check out there as a free plug for them, but the things you didn't know. Lethal Weapon, 1987. Hey. Uh, planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Hey. 87. Um, uh, let's see here. Did you, did you, did you, did you know about the – no. Uh, um, uh, oh, my gosh. Come on. You're killing me here. Um, uh Sorry, guys. This is, oh, uh, A Princess Bride. Hey, um, as you wish, TC. Uh, looks like... Uh, I know there's more. Spaceballs. <laughs> Use the Schwartz, TC. Yeah. Uh, He-Man, Masters of the Universe. Lost Boys. Masters of the Universe. Yep. Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer. Oh, yeah, that's right. Is he in that? Yeah. Is he? Lost Boys? Yeah. Oh, he's in Lost Boys. I'm sorry. You said Masters of the Universe. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with something for yeah. every movie you say. Uh, Predator. That that was 87. Come on. Stick around. Stick around. <laughs> um, I think that that might be all for 87, but it, uh, what a damn good year for... Um, That's a good fucking year. For movies. Oh, sorry. Oh, you can say it. It's fine. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm not offended. Um. Uh, uh, let's see what else. Uh, little things, uh, little 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 factoids about Lethal Weapon. The uh, Jackie Swanson, who plays the girl at the beginning of the movie, actually did her own stunt fall. Oh she shit! A- actually, um, she trained just to do that stunt fall. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, How this, often does that happen? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, the stunt was uh, was the stunt was done using an airbag covered by a life size painting of the ground. Right. So. <laughs> That's, so that's cool. what we're what we're looking at when we're coming down. Like that's not a digital effect. That's yeah. a giant matte painting made to look like the ground. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? That's super cool. Like, how have more people not done that? Yeah. That's amazing. How it looked that... good. I remember it looking great. Yeah. It looks great. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just cut to the the car. Yeah. Right? Um. Uh. Yeah. That's that's pretty pretty amazing. Uh. So Mel Gibson was only thirty years old when he did this movie. Um, yeah, although his, he, he looks so young. Yeah, the character is supposed to be 38, but he's he's only 30 years old. He's younger than me in yeah. that movie. Uh, <laughs> he's I the, my age. It's it's cool. I have the same butt as as Mel Gibson. In I can attest to yeah, this. That's good. Because <laughs> as anyone who's listened to this podcast knows, pants are optional whenever we record. Hundred percent. <laughs> um, so uh, Shane Black's first draft of Lethal Weapon, which he wrote sometime around 85, was very different. Um, mm. uh, than it was from the later drafts. It was also and also from the final movie. Yeah. Um, in his first draft, it was longer. It was meant to be an over two mm. hour film. Doesn't mm. surprise me. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, it was much darker. It had alternate plot parts, um, different character scenes, action sequences, and a lot of other dis- differences, like the entire ending, which had the big chase scene, 
uh, was it included a police helicopter, which gets blown up by Joshua, <laughs> who fires napalm from a missile at it, uh, causing it to crash into the Hollywood sign yes. and start a huge fire. Um, Murtaugh kills General McAllister while driving a trailer truck full of heroin and guns, which crashes and explodes into the Hollywood Hills. Damn, Shane Black. Uh, causing the heroin, he fucking to, went for it. Ca- causing the heroin to snow all over the burning Hollywood sign. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see this movie. <laughs> and and it ended with uh, Riggs actually kills Joshua by stabbing his fingers through Joshua's right eye into his brain. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> sounds like a hell of a ride. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that sounds great. I would watch that. Um, yeah. Uh, would still watch it. Gosh, man, that, that first draft must have, was wildly different. <laughs> yeah. I can see why they didn't make that draft. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're blowing up the Hollywood sign. We're, we're snow-falling heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds expensive. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, and pre-CG. Like. Pre-CG, yeah. We're, we're actually going to need real heroin over here. <laughs> um. <laughs> Okay, so th- this is something I thought of when I was watching this scene, uh, when Riggs is considering killing himself, right? Yeah. Like he does that whole scene. I'm watching that, and I'm getting, like, fearful flashes of The Crow, right? We, uh, we, we actually watched The Crow yeah. together and, like, how yeah. there was a mishap in, yeah. in, that, in that stunt where the gun backfired. And I'm watching that scene and thinking, what were the safety protocols in 87? They wouldn't put a real bullet in that gun right like or is mel gibson want to be method enough that he's like no load it up i'm gonna do this right like I'm watching, i want to die right that is an actual bullet oh in fuck. the chamber which mel gibson is pointing at his head no yeah that's not uh, smart <laughs> he, mel gibson thought it would allow for a greater sense of portraying the scene's realistic uh, drama um, I'm just going to borrow a little paraphrase from the classical, classic actor, uh, Lauren. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, I just blanked it. <laughs> Lawrence Olivier. Try acting, dear boy. It's easier. You didn't need a real bullet. You're an actor. Did you? What did you need any more motivation? Oh, man. That's that is so insane. Stupid. That is so, so stupid. I, in fact, this, let's segue into a conversation about method acting. Method acting is ridiculous. I know that it has produced some amazing results, but in the grand scheme of things, was it worth it? Right? Was it worth it, Christian Bale, to get down to 97 pounds? Was it worth it? Right? Is no. it worth a the real mechanic? Right? A re- yeah, the, yeah. The mechanic. Machinist. Machinist. Yeah. Is it mechanic. worth putting a real bullet mechanic as a is a Jason Statham movie? Is it worth putting a real bullet? No. Into there? No. no. It's not even just him that's in danger. It's everybody else. Everybody else, else is in danger too. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, um, Jared Leto, who's oh super Mister Method oh, now, so for the, good for the most recent Blade Runner, made them give him contacts to make him actually blind, right? So that. Because his character is blind in Blade Runner yeah. 2049. So he wanted to be actually blind. So they got special contacts to make him blind. They had to hire a personal assistant to follow him around so he would trip on set because he wouldn't take the things out between set changes and takes. He was blind all the time. He's method. That's so stupid. Just act. You're an <laughs> actor. In fact, g- g- did you see Blade Runner 2049? I loved it. Okay. 
yes, I really, really enjoyed it as well. If you get a chance to go back and rewatch it, watch the scene where Harrison Ford acts opposite Jared Leto. And not only are you looking at two very dynamic actors, you're looking at two very different acting styles. Yeah. Harrison Ford comes from a different era of acting. He's a, he's a, he's he's his own guy anyway. Like he has I've a, never like honestly I've never felt like Harrison was the greatest. He's actor, he's not the greatest right? actor. He's just played some of the greatest characters of yeah. all time. And However, he embodies those yes, fucking yes. characters. <laughs> but compare that like watch that scene again. Compare his acting chops to Jared Leto who's taken it so seriously. <laughs> and yes, commit to a role. Bring give it your all because yeah. I don't want to see a sleepwalking through a performance like Jennifer Lawrence in the last X Men movie. Like I'm just here for a paycheck. Don't make me sit through the makeup. Or Batman in the Justice League. Or yes, or Ben Affleck in the <laughs> Justice League movie because you can tell. Yeah. Right. But you don't need you don't need to be so method. No. Right. Putting a bullet in a gun is stupid. It's that is stupid. Dumb. That is criminally it's stupid. So bad. You could have hurt Danny Glover, yes, asshole. He he is a national treasure. Hundred <laughs> percent. He could have made better choices. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> let's see if there's any other fun little trivial facts here we can toss That's in. Crazy. That, that is nuts. That is nuts. An idiot. Um, so the the fight scene at the end between Riggs and Joshua is uh, in the ending was originally four minutes longer. <laughs> They kicked kicked the shit out of each oh, other. Wow. for four minutes longer. It felt pretty long yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, it, it's quite a quite a long fist fight. Um, that's why there's there are those cuts in it that I comment on. Like there's weird continuity yeah. jumps and whatnot. I just you can assume that's just covering their bad fighting. No, it's because this was a ten minute fight scene. In a, I don't know if it it it, I, it would have been worse. Do UFC fights point. go on that long? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, I like the part where they're just like talking to the kids and stuff, and oh, uh, a lot of those little like in between scenes. Yeah, just... the where the kids identify Mr. Joshua. Yeah, yeah. like uh, oh, oh, let's get yeah, these kids some ice cream. Yeah, like that. Let's get these kids some ice cream. Can we get some ice cream for my brother? Yeah. He's not here. <laughs> yeah, um, I love the the little bits about Riggs's like special forces mm-hmm. stuff. I don't know. I'm always a sucker for like. I was part of some super team in the in Vietnam. <laughs> That's some serious shit. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. All that stuff is fun to me, especially '80s. Like, it's just so it's, like it's again going to that, that chewing other. bubble gum. You know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's we could wrap up talking about talking about the movie in general. But I will say once again, this is a movie for a type of audience. I don't think you could sit a teenager down now yeah and get them not unless they're like prior exposure to it like if if you these kind of like movies already yeah if they grew up on their uncles or their older brothers or their dad's type of movies then sure they'll they'll have an uh, an affection for this but whatever future child you're gonna enjoy this yeah right (laughs) (laughs) but i think in terms of where action movies are now this movie just doesn't hold up to to that for that specific kind of audience you when you've got the john wicks of the world yeah yeah it's it's it doesn't work, but there's also a lot of really bad action movies out now oh, too. Yeah, where I'd watch certainly. this a hundred times certainly. over instead of that crap. Yeah, it's it's it come it's from a certain area. It's for a certain audience. Yeah. This is one that works on nostalgia more than it works on yeah. just being a good movie. I like it. I like this movie. This is I, this I is a it. this is the right kind of movie for me. Not as good as Die Hard. I mean, that first yeah. Die Hard still no. still not as good as. Predator. Predator. Nope. nope. Aliens. Yep. Nope. nope. No, it's not as good as those action movies. 
But there is something here, and it's it's the connection between Riggs and Murtaugh. Yeah, and and, and knowing that relationship, and those yes, two actors, the characters they, they handle it. The characters are interesting. It was worth exploring this in a sequel. I do think that this this script alone works could work pretty well for a two episode pilot of a TV series. Yeah. Knowing uh, what the new series is, the fact that a Wayans is in it, the fact that it's. Uh, it's promoted as a comedy. I'm sure they lean way more into what the other lethal weapons are. That's why I am going to go back and, uh, like I said, credit 24 as the successor to yeah. this this style of action, the drama, the thriller aspect mm-hmm. of it, the the political intrigue. Yeah, that's what 24 offers that the other lethal weapons don't. He just needs a buddy. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding, right? Except that everybody that teams up with Jack Bauer dies. <laughs> or betrays him. Or betrays him <laughs> and then dies. <laughs> um, I am a big fan of 24. Um, even even at its worst, that show did something that other television shows have yet to achieve. Like, seriously, I, I don't know where, where you land on 24. But from a, from a, from a storytelling, from a television uh, perspective something that that show did not have access to that all shows of its like do is flashbacks you you cannot do a flashback in 24 because nope. it's done in real time <laughs> yeah and by not by <laughs> removing that uh element of storytelling handcuffs you that, that will that cripples you in quite a way because think of how many shows and movies and stories utilize the flashback, right? Yeah. So it's it's, it's a big deal. It's interesting that, yeah. that and Lethal Weapon, there are no flashbacks, uh. and they they reference a lot of things from their past. Yeah. And in a newer version of this movie, they might show it. They might show us a 19-year-old Martin Riggs getting his first kill. They might show uh, Murtaugh getting saved in Hanoi in Vietnam, right? Uh-huh. So yeah, so. That's my recommendation. If you enjoy Lethal Weapon and you have not checked out 24, check out 24. Did you have any things you want to re- recommend in conjunction with Lethal Weapon? Die Hard. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not watching Die Hard, what is wrong with your life? Like, Stop you're, it. You're, you're, making, watch, you're making watch. very bad decisions. <laughs> you know what? Watch the third one while you're at it. <laughs> Die Hard 3? <laughs> yeah. So good. <laughs> and, and never, ever watch Die Hard 5. There's a fifth one. You didn't know... Really, you didn't know this? With, no, with I was, I was trying to pretend oh, I never no, saw I'm sorry. that. If if uh, I tried to wipe it from memory, I hate that movie. This so is so much. fucking I bad. I really hate that movie. <laughs> yeah. So, real quick on Die Hard, yeah. I was like, man, I need to get those movies on Blu-ray because last year uh, I I thought I didn't buy them, so <laughs> I went on Amazon. You bought this last year. I did. Oh, good Stephen from the past. <laughs> thanks, thanks Stephen from the past. And then flashback to Stephen of the past. Stephen from the future is going to thank me for this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm interested to hear what people have to say about Lethal Weapon, about uh, Shane Black, Mel Gibson, anything. I mean, we really didn't touch on modern day Mel Gibson, did we? No. Um, I mean, it is kind of weird going back and like. I have the same problem when I watch Braveheart. I'm like, man, I really like this movie, mm-hmm. and I like really like him acting. <laughs> I was and ready then, to wrap this up, but actually, this might be a this might be a point of conversation. He's a we fucking should... monster in real life, it's, and it sucks because it, it it's it influences even his old movies. Yeah, how, how can you or should you separate the art from the artist? Right? Yeah, I. 
I think the right thing to do is to not separate it, right? It's the, you know, what we're seeing with Kevin Spacey and all these other actors. You know, yes, there is a part of it that kind of yeah. sucks. Like, we're going to not have more of that character, but now you, at the same time, fuck that guy. Yeah. He did some messed up shit. You, you see, like, Louis C.K. and Kevin, like, all yeah. these people coming out. It's like, damn, I, can I still? Like, I, I released my one-minute rewatch for Superman Returns the day the Kevin Spacey thing broke. Yeah. Talk about bad timing. But my yeah. defense was like, oh, the supervillain in a Superman movie is even more supervillainous? I think that proves that Superman Returns is even better than you people were thinking. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't mean to say, like, it sucks, like, because I feel bad for them or anything like that. No, it's no, just, no, no, no. As a fan of the work that was coming from these people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it disappointing. To, it's super, it's super disappointing. disappointing. And, and, and it's, it's, it's horrible that they, that people, like, Mel Gibson has done some heinous shit. Yeah. And things that he said. Yep. It's just awful. I I don't I don't know if he has any like physical charges towards him, but the things he's said, like the comments he said that are so racist and wrong. He's a monster. <laughs> I don't it, think that's something that develops over time. I no. think that's So I, to watch this now it's like, oh boy, I, it's not as bad like Kevin Spacey is so fresh. That yeah. wa- when I see his face, I'm like, ooh. Like watching yeah. Baby Driver yeah. again recently, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, he's not going to be in the next Baby Driver. <laughs> <laughs> Will there be another Baby Driver? Well, no. he. They're writing. They're well, writing. spoiler alert. He <laughs> dies in Baby Driver, so he Whoa, wouldn't be in it anyway. Wow, <laughs> man. I didn't spoil anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said spoiler, and then I said it. That was not fair. I'm sorry. Um, How dare you, I sir? Know, that, was that was a good movie. I'm oh, sorry. Baby Driver's a, a fantastic <laughs> yeah. film, but it is that. But sec- they are they are writing the second one. He's oh, already started okay. writing the I'm, sequel. Uh, I don't want one. I don't, I don't know want if it needed one, but yeah. that's well, why that's why Hot Fuzz is so good because like oh they could have done Shaun of the Dead too, but they went in a different direction. I mean it's Edgar Wright doing it, so he must have an idea, and he yeah. hasn't really let me down. I yeah. mean, uh, to tangent it off of that, if Taika Waititi's Thor three and James Gunn's Guardian of the Galaxy had happened. Before Iron Man, or not sorry, before Ant Man, Edgar Wright would have made Ant Man, because James Gunn proved yeah. that you can trust an auteur to make a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. and Taika Waititi very much proved <laughs> you can let a, an auteur, a guy, cut loose and have his vision and give you a Marvel yeah. movie. And had those two existed beforehand, I feel like Kevin Feige and the Marvel team would have been more willing to work with Edgar Wright to make an ant-man movie and i i ant-man's fine but man definitely has edgar wright in it yeah you can see you can see what they say like saved from his what would have been his vision but just to imagine him actually doing it this this goes all the way back to talking about shane black yeah in that let let a let a let someone who has a voice be the one to say something let let Mm -hmm. this filmmaker make the film right yeah when you when you separate someone with such a distinct voice and give it to someone else who has a vision, it starts muddying mm-hmm. the potential of something, right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's like true romance. True romance, Tony Scott is, or is it Ridley Scott? It's Tony. It's Tony Scott. Tony Scott's a visionary director, or was. Tarantino has his voice. Mm-hmm. I Was that a good separation of voices, or was that a good blending of voices? Like, I haven't seen True Romance in quite some time. It's been a while for me as well. But it's it's Shane Black writes such distinct dialogue, and yeah. Tarantino writes such distinct dialogue that 
um, I, I think that they should be the ones to say it. Edgar Wright writes such a distinct way. I don't think I'd want to see someone else direct an Edgar Wright script. Nope. Um, and that's essentially what Ant Man was. Um, so yeah, so Mel Gibson's an asshole, and yeah, I think that's totally, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> there's a lot of shitty people out there, apparently. <laughs> but it does make it weird watching it again, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to separate how I feel about the actor to the work I'm watching. The you know? the the only and, I guess rationalization, and I don't of, know if you should separate. Them, right, that's right? that's the problem. Yeah, when I th- see something like uh, like Baby Daddy, um, uh, Daddy's Home Two just came out, right? Yeah, uh, cracked. Rest in peace. Um, just did uh, one of their last videos they ever did was about Daddy's Home Two, and they did a really sarcastic takedown of of uh, Mark Wahlberg and Mel Gibson. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, because they've both done some yeah, fucked up shit. Yeah, they've both. Like, <laughs> but we're gonna forgive them for this Christmas family drama yeah. <laughs> comedy. You know, Mark Wahlberg is one of the ones I always forget about. Yeah, yep. I always forget he did some shady so, shit. So the only rationalization I can have when looking at Mel Gibson, at least in Lethal Weapon, is there's 30 years between that young Mel Gibson and the bastard he became, right? And maybe it's something broke over time. Maybe it was, maybe he rattled himself with drugs and alcohol or something that that drove him to this. And I would hope that he didn't feel that way when playing Riggs because his relationship is so strong with Murtaugh. That, yeah. No, either that or he's a better actor than we're giving him credit for because like <laughs> he's acting in these very powerful. Maybe that bullet emotions. did do something. <laughs> It's a, it's these very sweet and like very these very they connect so well in the movie. Oh, yeah. if, if in the back of Mel Gibson's head he's like screaming the N word, like Jesus, man, like I don't know, I, I, don't, know. I don't know. And that that's I still enjoy the film, yeah, but yeah. it it does like when you see him, especially when you first see Mer- or Riggs, yeah. you're like, oh, oh Mel, yeah, it's Gibson. Mel Gibson, <laughs> you fucking asshole. Yeah. So I am curious to hear what what uh, the listeners might have to say about Lethal Weapon, um, about Mel Gibson, as we've just given you this new point of conversation to discuss. <laughs> right um, before we let you go. <laughs> <laughs> any thoughts you might have on that, uh, the, of, this, of this part of the episode, uh, you can hit me up, uh, hit us up on Facebook. You might be listening to this at facebook.com slash LLC, which is where this is posted, or you may be listening to this over at ghosthat.net, where this is hosted, uh, courtesy of Jeff Bell and the Ghost Hat Network. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Or you can tweet at me, at TC's Big Head, or Steve, do you have Twitter, Instagram, anything you want to plug? No? TC's Big Head. (laughs) (laughs) Tweet at Steve, at TC's Big Head. So, all right. So we've done it. We did it. We've reviewed, we've re-reviewed Lethal Weapon. Hmm. I'd like to take a break here. And then I'd like to talk about The Last Jedi. Oh! <laughs> All right. So uh, th- this was this is, uh, this is what you get. This is a two-part episode, folks. So thank you as, uh, for listening. If, this, if you haven't seen Last Jedi yet, please stop the episode here. Uh, if you have and you want to hear our, Steve's thoughts about it and my thoughts about it, come back after this break. You ready for this, Steve? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we might see some of you, or we'll, we'll see some of you in a moment. Otherwise, we'll catch you all next time. Here we go. Let's take a break.
<laughs> yeah, dude. Radio Star Wars. Star Wars Talking about Star Wars Episode 8 called The Last Jedi So Steve, have you seen The Last Jedi? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, okay. What the hell? A garbage truck the minute we start. How many times this thing is <laughs> go by today? It's killing me here. That's gotta be the third one, right? There's it's... only three cans. Oh my god, go away. There you go. there it goes, just driving along. Great start. I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> no, all right. We're in the trash compactor. I'm just going to... Uh, let's just wait till it goes away, and I'll start over. Okay. So Tarantino, Star Trek. Oh, I yeah. Don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm excited, and also, like, this shouldn't happen. I don't... And it's R-rated. I didn't like that. I thought no. they would make it... Look, the... I d- <sighs> Should we Star Wars first? We could Star Wars first. Actually, we'll just talk about this while that's going away. Um, I, I'll probably cut all this, but the Tarantino has doesn't mesh with what Star Trek is. Yeah. And all I can imagine is that he's going to do a period piece Star Trek. That he will set it in the 60s with the cardboard sets. And I don't even know if he'll do it with Chris Pine. Like, I just don't know what does he think he's going to do. And what... Who has ever watched a Star Trek and gone, you know what this needed? More cursing, more nudity. Yeah. That's the complete opposite of what I understand Star yeah, Trek to Star be. Star Trek I mean. has always been meant to be this philosophical exploration of humanity. It's yeah. not, uh, yes, action and excitement. It's it's stagecoach in space. It's supposed to be a Western. It's supposed to be this exploration of the frontier and all that mm-hmm. and next generation took it to an even more philosophical level uh, uh, deep space nine took it took took it to a much more war-based show but it's never been about the violence yeah and the and, and like star trek into darkness is the worst example of what i feel star trek has gone is gone too far you could it's if you look at uh, first contact which is the the second next generation movie that's an action movie there's gunfights and screaming and fight, right? Like, I think that's as far as you can push it to take. Oddly it, enough, Patrick Stewart said he would be totally down. Oh to yeah, do to do a Tarantino, Tarantino one. one. I don't know. I'm I'm very conflicted because I love Tarantino. I, love, I, I like his work so much, and but his isms and Star Trek, it's I don't know. It's either gonna be peanut butter and jelly or it's gonna be mustard and cotton candy like i don't <laughs> i like mustard on hot dogs and i like cotton candy yeah. but the two don't belong together right <laughs> uh, not that i know of, but i'm sure somebody out there likes that no I, I i agree with you i mean i'm really excited for it right i'm not the biggest trekkie i've never yeah. i i haven't watched I didn't, the shows i didn't anything. realize i was a trekkie until i saw into darkness <laughs> i i always liked star trek yeah but then when i saw into darkness it was like <laughs> oh no not my star trek then then i was like oh my god I, i'm a trekkie i didn't know I, like, Please. seriously, like, when, when Spock does the con moment, I, like, looked around, like, has everyone seen this shit? No? Am I the only one? I'm the only one. Okay. Okay. I, this I is mean, a problem. I have fond memories of watching the movies <laughs> yeah. as a kid. Yeah. The, the original cast, the original you know, Kirk, the Kirk uh, and Kirk Spock. Yeah. Kirk Spock. But I never got into the TV shows <laughs> or any of that, um, and I haven't seen those old movies in a really long time. Mm. I know I should watch them. Uh, They're all on Amazon. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I started Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Wrath of Khan. Still good. Yeah, uh, but even I know that. W- I remember my buddy telling me, "Oh, well, they're gonna make it R-rated." I'm like, "No way! They're not gonna like." I can't. That's like everything against Star Trek. Like, wh- why even does it, I know this again? What is missing from Star Trek? It's like, oh, if only it was R-rated, we'd finally get to do what's always been needed for a Star Trek. Yeah, I better see some titties and blood, apparently. Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand. Probably I, some green boobs. Yeah. I yeah. mean, at the same time, it's it's Tarantino. I've never not been excited for something he's worked on. So yeah. I'm hoping he does something awesome. I have a feeling it's going to be the first movie of his that is not. I, I don't know where to put it on I don't his, know. his range of films. I don't think he has – I don't think his library is is – dramatically different in terms of of how i would rate them like yeah i don't think he has any complete dog shit movies yeah so i don't know i don't know i just don't know and at know, least it'll be really good dialogue is, uh, we'll see i really <laughs> but it won't be such, Star Trek. it's such it just, a strange uh, to be determined for sure and I, yeah and i will i will i will sit back and anxiously wait to see how this all unfolds because maybe just maybe he will be the right voice for this. Yeah. There I, is that chance. This is the first time he's done a franchise film. Yeah. It's, this is this is v- for sci-fi or mm-hmm. like fully sci-fi. Who, who would have thought that Taika Waititi would have been the right voice for Thor? Thor yeah. And he was. So there is that chemistry can happen. But then you can have like Josh Trank in the Fantastic Four. Bad chemistry. Yeah. And that's I, a... Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, though, I feel like Taika fits a lot more than the idea of Tarantino, Tarantino Star for Star Trek. <laughs> Tarantino doing Star Wars makes more sense to me. I, mm. And even then, like, not going to happen. <laughs> like, you know? Well, you, know, you never know. J.J. directed a Star Trek and a Star Wars, so <laughs> the stranger stranger crossovers have happened. Yeah, but the mouse won't let it happen, no. right? The, house would, <laughs> the mouse would not let an R-rated Star Wars happen. <laughs> well, actually, this is a perfect segue. I'll actually leave all that in. That's that was. I, I'm glad to have had that conversation. I've got uh, it off my chest. Uh, but Star Wars Episode the Eight, Jedi? The Last Jedi. Am I pronouncing Jedi? that correctly? Jedi? I'm unfamiliar. Jedi's. <laughs> I remember, remember when the title came out. It's like, well, crap, man. Now I just can't say Jedi, and you know what movie I'm talking about. <laughs> right? True. It's true. Um, so you got to say return. Return. Return and last. <laughs> Retonged. There is much to unpack about Star Lucho. Wars. And we're going to dive in deep. No holds bar. If you haven't yep. seen the movie, this is, spoiler, this is your spoiler warning. Spoiler, spoiler, yep. spoiler, 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 spoiler. Spoilers! Uh, yes. Okay. Spoilers! So, so, you've seen it. Yes. Uh, I've seen it twice. Do you want to do, like, a general, like, how we felt about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, how'd you feel? How'd you feel? Like, what was what was your response to it? What was your anticipation going in? So, high, high hopes. Okay. And well, Crazy yeah. expectations. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking out, and my buddies, I watched it with a big group of friends, and they are like, what'd you think? And I was like... I need a minute. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to process with that film, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really good. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was something the series needed. There were choices made that crushed me, <laughs> but I understand why they did it, and yeah. it took 
reflection. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. it -hmm. took a lot for me to like kind of really understand why certain things happened. And I I did read some articles that I think uh, really helped me out uh, Mm because, I mean, this is more deep dive, but I went into the film with my own expectations of what I wanted in this film. Yeah. This is a big movie for me. You know, Mark Hamill is back at Luke. I mean, there's a fucking 10 year old. <laughs> I mean, even younger than that was freaking out. I mean, I, there were things I wanted to see that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And a part of me was disappointed and hurt by it. Yeah. And after reflection and reading I was distracted by my expectations right, that, throughout that, watching it. That's why I do recommend seeing it a second time. And that's time. why I really wish I did watch it a second time before watching it or talking to you about it. But mm-hmm. we work with what we got. Yeah, and, you, and so you've you've come to terms with those disappointments. 100%. Yeah. And I read you know, somebody who was able to think very clearly. Mm-hmm. There's a really good article on Slash Film that I recommend everyone read. I think it really – it shows – it <sighs> – it, it looks past my bullshit as a kid of mm-hmm. what I wanted to see <laughs> Luke Skywalker coming back and think about it as an adult. And all those points that were made were perfect, and I want to watch it again with those thoughts in mind, knowing what happens. Mm-hmm. So I don't distract myself with, where the fuck is Luke and his green lightsaber? I need to <laughs> see him tear some bitch ass up. <laughs> like, you know? And, you know, when I finished the movie, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good, but I think um, – thinking about those things more in depthly really made that film so much better yeah and it, it made the sting way less <laughs> and it, it changed my perspective you know it, it, i i didn't come out of it hating it like a lot of like i know people that don't like this movie i've never seen a film be so device oh device, this is and, this is insane the backlash on this is insane right it the, has the lowest out of the trilogy which the lowest least, out of the series the series have have they not seen Attack of the Clones? Clones? Yeah. <laughs> have they not seen The Clone Wars? Have they the not, animated movie? Have they not seen Phantom fucking... Menace? Return of the Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> well, debatable, debatable. But yeah, uh, the the backlash on this movie is unprecedented. And you you touched on something with your disappointment. But I just want to say for the record, as we're recording this, currently the critical rating of this movie is a ninety two percent on oh, Rotten Tomatoes. Huh. And the fan ra- fan uh, 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 rating is fifty four percent. That is massive. Well, so that's on Rotten Tomatoes. On IMDb, it doesn't ha- it doesn't divide between critics and fans. It's just if you're IMDb, IMDb has an insane formula for how they handle their rating system. It's uh-huh. a whole math equation. You can go on IMDb and they show how the rating system works. Yeah. it's frequency of votes. Uh, how often a, a page is looked at, how yeah. often you vote. How, there's a whole algebra equation for Because Rotten Tomatoes, like, you can bomb it. You yes, can... which is what happened. There's a, there is a two movements happening. Reddit has a huge subreddit of people who are like, get on Rotten Tomatoes. Create as many accounts as you want. Give this a, number, a, a one. Give this a one-star review. Go, go, go. Get this movie. That's stupid. Yeah. So you can – that's why the user rating and the critical rating, you need to pay attention to that. It might have a 54%, but you can game Rotten Tomatoes to change that score. The critical rating, you can't game that rating. Yep. That rating is based on a very precise algorithm towards professional critics. I can't even – you and I can't get on Rotten Tomatoes and well, qualify my, as critics. I thought the way Rotten Tomatoes worked is if you were a critic, you could say fresh or rotten. And there's a guy on there 
that put a B minus for this movie and wrote it, rated it as rotten. But all the other movies he's given B minuses <laughs> to, he put yeah, fresh. fresh. Yeah, there there are there is a way to game Rotten Tomatoes in both a user and yeah. a critical way. Um, last uh, on IMDb, it has a seven point seven right now. That's a good review. That for, is a very that for, that is an appropriate rating yeah. for this movie. <laughs> uh, not to not to foreshadow how either of us feel about it, uh, but you touched on something. You talked about the disappointment that you had in watching this movie. You came in with expectations. I came in with expectations. Yep. I know you and me have talked about it. Luke needs to do something yeah. badass. Boy, does he? Yeah, but, he did. <laughs> but that wasn't exactly what I was looking right. for. <laughs> um, and and every, I, I don't think any fan of Star Wars didn't come in with certain expectations. We've yep. spent two years theorizing about where yeah. this can go and what's going to happen and who's this and what's that and how is this going to – right? And – Ryan Johnson, writer-director, wrote and directed this movie, which is very rare for a Star Wars, um, made some decisions that have been that have caused a lot of backlash. But, as you said, you were disappointed, but you maturely thought about it and reflected on what you were thinking, what the movie gave you, and you came to terms with that and been able to form a very mature adult opinion about how you feel about a film. Yep. Right? That is great. That's what we do here that's on the what, rewatch. That, that's what I did. That's what you have you have done. That's what any rational lover of cinema and Star Wars themselves, I feel, has done. For those of you who have not been able to get over that disappointment, you have missed the entire point of this movie. Yep. This movie thematically is about disappointment. Yep. Is about failure. Yeah. And is about overcoming those disappointments and failures or not being able to or right? or accepting that you can't yep. accept those disappointments and failures mm-hmm. so the fact that this movie is so divisive is prob- probably was what was always going to happen yeah because thematically that's what it's about the only fear i have with all the like negative backlash is how disney's gonna how are they it. gonna respond yeah yeah I, I would i i think disney will look at the money, second highest opening of all time. Yep. No problem there. They're not going to lose money because even the money. people that have heard, no, it's bad. Well, I'm going to go see I, it I just to be sure. I'm going to see this <laughs> you know, train Maybe wreck. I'm going to go see it again <laughs> just to be sure. Um, I don't often see movies more than once like in yeah. theaters. I usually yeah. will. Um, and they will look at the critical response, which is in the 90s. Yep. That's good. The fan pandering, does Disney pander to the fans? I think Disney panders to their in their marketing. I think they pander to in uh, to how they merchandise. I think they pander in that respect. But in terms of 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 changing a movie to pander to what the fans demand, there aren't many companies that do that. I don't I can't even think off the top of my head what companies okay, uh, maybe maybe Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I I I th- I feel like I think the the difference between Empire and Jedi is the result of George Lucas realizing the money he could make, right? <laughs> That's why Ewoks exist, right? I think that the difference between Jedi, I'm sorry, between Last Jedi and whatever 9 is going to be will be a similar difference tonally and stylistically. Well, and I I will say that the tone shift is very abrupt from Force Awakens. 
and my understanding is there's not there's not been a plan for all three. Yeah, the, right? right. And I think there there is a noticeable like, um, how am I trying to phrase this? You can feel that when you go through from seven to eight, mm-hmm. and I do think there is some issue with that. I think it would have been nice if they had all discussed. This is where I want to take this. Is this is who Ray this is. is. This is what Snoke is. This is yeah, yeah. And I really appreciate what Ryan Johnson did, mm-hmm. right? But now, now JJ is going to like go and okay, well, I'm going to do my next thing. Well, Ryan and Johnson I don't want is it to involved feel very. With the scripts, he right? is okay, yeah. good. Uh, I wasn't sure. I, I had heard he was, and then I heard he wasn't. Yeah, when last I checked, he was still involved, going to be involved with that, particularly because they have to uh, deal with the loss of Carrie Fisher. Yeah, um, which was definitely set up after this film to be everybody's gotten their movie right hans had his movie this was luke and this was luke i mean there was a good amount of leia in this for sure but the next one was going to be leia's like her movie and now and, I, there's there's unfortunately no way that they could do that yeah um but i do think a more cohesive overall story arc should have probably been established for the series yeah because yeah, i yeah. i do feel that that there there is a huge shift between the f- seven two and eight yeah. yeah and i can see i understand that complaint May- right? maybe maybe that is something that disney will take into account yeah we keep saying disney let's just call it star wars that the yeah. people the powers that be kathleen kennedy Kathleen we'll, Kennedy we'll take is in, Star Wars. We'll take into account <laughs> JJ. Will take into account of yeah. how how do you take one and two and and complete three? Mm-hmm. I will point to New Hope and Empire though. That's big change. Big change totally. between those two yeah. as well. Uh, to yeah. go from George Lucas's New Hope, which is a very standard monomyth hero's quest, princess in a castle, knight saves the day, rogue is a sidekick. Right? It's well, very standard. Empire, under Lawrence Kasdan's visionary direction, is a much different film. We have had 30 years of our lives yeah. to, to <laughs> absorb these films and tear them, tear them apart piece by little piece and then put them back well, together. Pizza rolls. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I guess New Hope, it, it's very much, it feels like it could have been that one movie. Mm-hmm. They could have never made more movies, and right. it would have been perfectly yeah, fine, yeah. right? It, but you know, money, money. <laughs> it was a success. <laughs> but Empire and Jedi definitely feel like they were planned together. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's where I'm saying with whatever their movie number nine yeah. is. They now have all the building blocks in place. Yep. They can't do what they did for Last Jedi. Yeah, for nine, they can't no. go into nine with like no. and, we can't tear and, it all down. What, yeah, they need to build and complete that circle and i think the building blocks are there yes well i mean we can go through all the characters real briefly here but then i want to jump in on them all the thematic building blocks between seven and eight are now in place for them to choose what to do with poe the hotshot pilot spent all of last jedi learning what it is to be a A leader leader. yeah Uh, ray who spent all of seven thinking of destiny and how special she could be and learning an eight mm-hmm. that she's not. Yep. But that is what then will make her special because yep. now she doesn't have to rely on the past to go towards the future, which is the whole point of what Star Wars needs to do. Yes. <laughs> look, look, I didn't even get through talking about the characters because I need to talk about this. Years ago, I think it was even Shadows of the Empire era, so we're talking quite some time yeah. ago. Um, now, I'll, I'll go into st- when Star Trek 2009 came out, why I preferred Star Trek over Star Wars at that moment in time was because Star Trek 
has a history of centuries between the original series and Next Generation and beyond and all the movies. And there's a century, centuries of storytelling taking yeah. place. And in those centuries of storytelling, shit changes. Mm-hmm. You don't have the same ships. You don't have the same aliens. You don't have the same conflicts. You return to some of those conflicts over the course of the narrative of the Star Trek series, but it constantly evolves like something would over centuries. Yep. You ever play Knights of the Old Republic? I actually have never finished. Go well, for, for those of you who have played Knights of the Old Republic, you might remember your ship kind of is the Millennium Falcon. There's kind of a rogue. Uh, Shadows of the Empire, there's kind of a Millennium Falcon. There's kind of a rogue. There's Jedis swinging around lightsabers in Knights of the Old Republic and in the current timeline. That is tens of thousands of years of Star Wars continuity, and nothing ever changed. (laughs) And that's why I always preferred Star Trek over Star Wars, because Star Wars was just the same old shit over and over again. And for all these people who are just losing their gourds over... Last Jedi, this is not this is not my Star Wars. Like, do you just want the same old thing? Because you kind of had a problem with that in the last movie. Yep. Right. I had a problem. I, I'm with not. It. I'm not yelling at you, Steve. I'm just. No, but I did. The- <laughs> I had a fucking problem. I was like, oh, let's just remake a new hope. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed this, and I needed this safe bet. But uh, give me something different. Did you want them to remake Return of the uh, Empire? Empire Strikes Back? I mean, hell, I don't no. know about you. Did this? Did Last Jedi feel like Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi in one film? A little bit. It it kind of did. A little bit. Which is all the more exciting to what the hell are they going to do in nine? Because yep. they can't just do <laughs> Last Jedi now, right? I, I I'm excited. I I thought this was a great flick. I I loved the shit with Ray. I love the fact that she's not special. It was fun, guys. Yeah. It was really fun speculating they, she might be a Kenobi. You're right. That would have been the best <laughs> that, way. That would have been the best way. That would have been the best. <laughs> but I love the fact that she's not special because Star Wars, the original trilogy, to me, was always that the, every man could be a Jedi. Yes. The normal person, not your goddamn midichlorians. <laughs> Get them out of my movie. Right. Anyway, I actually got in a little thread about someone last night about that where it's like, uh, thread, not threat. Uh, thread about oh, it's this and this and change. It's like no, no, shut up. Midichlorians changed Star Wars. I saw I'll, that. I saw yeah. that, and that was the one I wanted to comment. And I was just like, I'm holding my, I'm saving myself for TC tomorrow. You, you are, like, you are right. What? And I've said, I actually said this to my buddy Jim. What? I was, I had a moment of disappointment when it was revealed because they set it up. One, no, not going to tell you. Two, no, not going to tell you. Three, your parents were nobody they were scum they left you they sold you yeah and And i had a moment of like disappointment i just didn't want it to be han solo i'm like oh and and that brief moment flittered away as i realized my god i could save the galaxy you could save the galaxy that little kid could save the galaxy they've they've done what a porg could save the galaxy they've made it special again that anybody anybody could do it and that's awesome. I genuinely, truly appreciate that. And sim- I, I was a little more disappointed with what they did with Snoke, but we'll get to him in a second. Th- let's talk more about Ray. Um, Daisy Ridley has definitely improved as an actress yep. between seven and eight. She was great. Yep. She was good. Um, I, I liked her a lot. I liked that she was just trying to get Luke. Like, come on, dude. You're like this hero. You're a old. legend. Yeah. We need the legend. Yeah. And that's what he gives them in the end. Yeah. He gives them the, the, legend, the legend of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. God, it's almost like. Were we, ta- we were talking about this off mic. The effects of Dark Knight. The effects of Nolan's Dark Knight, right? Yep, yep. The, and, like, the idea in the in the Batman trilogy is that 
Batman is the symbol, not yep. not the man. Luke is the symbol. Luke is the symbol. It was man. beautiful. Oh man, you know that's just dawning on me now is that that they that there's a little bit of a parallel there. <laughs> He's the legend. He is the Batman. Yeah. Funny enough, he fought Batman quite hmm. a bit. He did. He was the Joker. Yes. Weird. <laughs> and green milk. Mm. Oh, Delicious God. That green was, milk. That's still a weird moment. Even the two times I've seen it. Yeah. You know what? The, I'm kind of getting the sense that the retirement plan for Jedis is to just become a crazy old codger out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but I, I really liked Rey. Um, I still have like that weird thing where – She's really powerful with no training. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's kind of petty to go after, but it's still weird she's that buff yeah. with no training. I mean. True. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> again, like I said with Force Awakens, at the same time, I don't need a movie of seeing her learn how to be a Jedi. Like, <laughs> so. Um, the I will actually give a, a minor complaint towards the film. Is as important as Ray is through two thirds of that movie. Once, uh, Crete, Crete, uh, Crete, Crete, the 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 salt planet. Oh yeah, that really cool planet. <laughs> when I you love get, that planet. She's out of the picture <laughs> after that. After Kylo and her have their big throwdown, yep. that's the climax of her story. And after that, yep. I I, well, so, I not the, exactly because she does get to save the day. And yeah, the, the rock, the lifting the rocks is a yeah. big part for her. Uh, but she was funny too. Lifting she, rocks <laughs> and swinging swords. Making yeah. people do what you want them to do yeah. and, and lifting things. Yep. <laughs> but she does kind of take a back seat uh, for, a, for a spell during that climax of the film. I'm a little torn on that because she's so important up to that point. Yeah. But similarly, it does prove, by removing her from the story in that, in that respect, it does prove that this whole movie was about Kylo and Luke. Yep. Not about Rey. Yep. Which... I'm a little conflict on that, but that's amazing. And they told us from the get-go because what was that first poster? It was Luke's giant head and Kylo's giant head. Yep. <laughs> that was. It's like, oh man, you told us right from the get-go who was, this movie was about. <laughs> and you know, marketing and the movie, this is not going to go the way you think. Yeah, yeah, and boy, does <laughs> it, it did not. not. Yeah. Um, uh, let's let's talk about Mark Hamill himself. I, I aside from his voice acting. This might be the best performance of his career. I agree. I really. I I was worried going into this because I yeah. just recently I've been seeing his trickster appearances on the yeah. Flash, and, I, and I'm reminded like, oh yeah, Mark Hamill's not a good actor. Yeah, <laughs> legend, legend, no doubt about it. He's a legend. Amazing, but, amazing but, voice actor. But, he did uh, his job as Luke before. Yeah, and... but not. So I was worried. I was like, boy, this is. Let's see. But he did boy, a great howdy. job. He's he... incredible in this. I Perform- under- career-defining performance. Mm-hmm. Someone compiled this uh, this video set to Johnny Cash's "Hurt" of all the of all Mark Hamill's interviews, where he's like, "I don't agree with what Ryan Johnson's wanted doing. Yeah. I hated it. This is bad." Like, uh, obviously, someone who made that video who did not like the last year. <laughs> <laughs> and it's I hurt it's it's interesting because. Ryan Johnson did allow Mark Hamill to make changes. He did a let. He did let him, after he had come out and publicly said he was you know, very against what Ryan Johnson was doing. They worked together like a good director and actor should. My understanding, though, is he said that, but then like Ryan Johnson went to his house and they talked about it. Yeah, and they figured it out, and they, they like 
they made the movie after they made this discussion. Yes, this was this not happen. something after the fact. Yeah, yeah like, they, all this went public way later yeah. than when they fixed things. They came together as a team but and crafted Ryan, this film. He, Ryan Johnson like made him understand where he was going with the character, mm-hmm. and that that's when Hamill was like, oh. oh. <laughs> we'll see him again. He's going to be a Force Ghost. Force right? Ghost. There's, this, I, is, this is my episode nine. Force Ghost. Yeah. Haunting Ben Solo. Oh, so not even connecting with Ray, just like, hello, Ben. I told Haunting you, I told you I'd see, be seeing you Sire again, kid. kid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. That's my favorite theory for episode nine right now. That's good. That, that's good. Yeah, I like that. He should. He, yeah, should. he should. He has a major connection to Ben. Oh yeah, huge connection. That's his uncle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the curmudgeonly fearful, disappointed failure. Luke Skywalker was was neat. It was a brave choice. It was I was really curious where they were gonna go with it. And like I thought he was gonna swoop in on his X Wing to save the day. Yes, and I did too. Yeah. I thought because they showed the X Wing right? in the there's, water. There, there is nothing shown in this movie that doesn't have a payoff. <laughs> and yeah. like and like and not having the payoff to the X Wing was really a nice red herring. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he showed up in the cave I was like, Oh man, he maybe cleaned up. like Yeah. <laughs> He, he dyed his hair like what? Well, I just he, thought he, he he accepted the force again. So yeah, like he. I just figured you know he cleaned himself up. He cut his hair and it was a little darker underneath the. All yeah, the, that was right? really dark. <laughs> and it wasn't until like I was digesting everything that had happened. I was like, oh my god! And the dice disappeared. And Leia, I had a feeling when he showed up. I had a feeling that it was something was wrong. It was, something it was, was not off. like him actually there. Yeah. Because he looked just like he did when he was his vision in, twenty in years his, ago, yeah. yeah. And boy, did he look like Return of the Jedi, uh, yeah. Luke? Though I was surprised. <laughs> Good hair and makeup, guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, the dice the, and the dice. The first time we've ever seen those dice was this movie. No, they were in the first one in New Hope. They are hanging from the Millennium Falcon in a new home. Dude, I do not remember you, that. You, you know what? All those like minutia detailed fans would have known that like oh yes uh, in frame 67 of scene three on the millennium Falcon, like yeah those dice have been there I, from the i group. was it's was like this is totally there, Han, there, but. There, there's actually uh um trivia about those dice uh george lucas wanted fuzzy dice hanging in the millennium Falcon. <laughs> he wanted straight up 1950s fuzzy dice hanging from a, a rear view mirror once again i'm and glad george didn't get his way exactly the art department was like ah, you know why don't we do this why don't we put these little fancy little gold dice with alien characters on them and it'll kind of like a happy medium right and now you're not no no pun intended alienating people <laughs> and just seeing fuzzy dice in a sci-fi movie that that would be like correct in space balls <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um, the 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 badass moment the the Super Saiyan moment or fire every gun at that ship yeah. and just and it's just I, I am like watching this going there's going to be like a Goku bubble around him yeah like he's going to say and like the dust the <laughs> or dust he, like at first I thought oh he's going to reflect them all or something <laughs> yeah. yeah and like and when he ste- oh, okay, I could not help myself when he stepped out and he just dusts his shoulder off. Yeah. I had, I whooped. I had a, I would, I did a, I, did a, I was like, whoa. Yeah. I did that. I did that a couple times in the movie where I just couldn't help but react like that and with a little yes. just a quick little clap. Yep. There was a guy in front of me the the, few, the couple times that I did it who wanted to start an applause break, right? And so like I would I would go I would do this. I'd go like, whoa. 
And he would go. <laughs> <laughs> as, Poor if, guy. as if he was thinking like, I thought we were doing a thing, man. <laughs> Stop setting me up to look like a fool. <laughs> you but, keep setting him up and I don't get to knock him down. Just, what is just do a whole round of clapping here. Uh, the dust off the shoulder. Yeah. Oh, man. That was so. And that fight was good. It was very short, but it was good. Yeah. yeah. This is the, aside from Rogue One, the first Star Wars movie that doesn't have a lightsaber battle. Like lightsaber on lightsaber. Right. Like the only thing you get is Luke and Kylo connecting blades in that one moment. Yeah. And that's Otherwise, it. it's just Luke dodging everything. Yeah. And, and Rey and Kylo fought back to back. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about that scene. That... actually. But the... When Luke vanished, when he had ex- got to see the two sunsets going down. Oh, it, much beautiful. Like, much like the bridge of Force Awakens, as that moment played out, I was like, don't and die. binary sunset playing or yeah. whatever the actual the name actual of it song is. The actual song cue, yeah. Um, I, I could see it coming. I'm like, oh, no, 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 don't, 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 please, please don't do this. Yeah, don't. And, it, and it happened when he dies. You know, he, he vanishes in a very... Yeah. A, a ridge tridge way where the he vanishes and the cloak falls See, okay so i feel like everybody keeps telling me obi-wan and i keep feeling like that was more yoda, yoda to me. yeah that was more like, yoda thank you yeah totally that's it they, they literally filmed it with the same effect where yeah. it's the vanish and they just layered the image over each other that was more yoda than ben right like yeah I, it was and it was sad it was bittersweet to see him go yeah but i was happy he wasn't killed he willingly he died to the like gave himself to the force yes and that's the thing right we start off the movie with this luke that refuses to use the force mm-hmm. refuses just throws his dad's lightsaber away yeah which i thought was a little like <laughs> oh, that uh... was that was some that was a yeah the two the two like beginning points of, of the stories was like that was raised so that's the second story that kick yeah. starts with mark with a <laughs> luke throwing it over his shoulder it was was like, i don't know did oh, that jeez that's Get, buckle in, fans, because uh, this is what we think of your Ridge Tridge right here. <laughs> yeah. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, that felt like we were trying to be Thor. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? It, like, it you... felt, but it didn't feel as out of place of let's talk about another character, Mr. Poe Dameron. Yeah. <laughs> that opening, I've watched it twice now. I freaking – it's so contemporary, but at the same time so funny when he's on – like, I'll hold for Hux. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still holding, and Hux gives his two like, "You are doomed, and you and your yeah. life. can he hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? You are doomed." All right, I'll, I'll keep holding. I have a message for Hux. It's so good. It's about his mother. Fire on that shit. <laughs> it's so. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, uh, I could see why people are uh, like rah, rah, rah. so. But that let's talk about that opening scene. That shit was awesome. Th- this movie, I mean, we'll, the we'll talk about the space battles. Scene. Holy shit! This might be. Oh man, so, this is some of the best action set pieces in the entire series, for sure. The battle of Scarif in Rogue One is awesome, right? But oh, sure. I, the space battle in that is, is spectacular. Rogue One, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. agree to disagree. <laughs> this I'm, is one of those times, DC. <laughs> I, well, hey, I'm I'm not giving credit to Rogue One in its entirety. I'm I'm you know, particularly watched, picking out the. I watched Rogue One one time. And I check was out like, that. This was enough for get, me. <laughs> get on Netflix, watch the Battle of Scarif again. But I will. that said, Poe taking down a dreadnought by himself was so Woo-wee. that was so badass. That was such a that cool. was the that I was love. literally a Star War. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was it was great, dude. 
uh, me and my brothers geeked out about it afterwards because mm-hmm. just some of those shots just it was so cool, man. Like oh, when he does the when he like grabs the, the the guardrail and does the bank turn, yeah. like the three, like that one eighty ah, screech in so space. Cool. Yeah, so cool. Uh, but it's uh, and a, a wonderful arc for Poe. I think Poe had my one of my favorite arcs um, in that he he is this hotshot who learns. Yep. Oh, hey, guess what? <laughs> Your way sucks. You have to you have to think of other people. You have yep. to realize that your failures as a, a pilot will never reflect on you will never be the kind of decisions you should make as a leader he thought yep. he thought when leia went down he was going to be leader yep you saw it in his face he's yeah. sitting there like well uh, chain of command says now that leia is out of the picture it's going to this character no one's ever talked of before hondo or no i'm Haldo, everybody Haldo. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, i love poe and his attempted mutiny yep um he Okay, people will go to Finn and Rose next, but people are criticizing Finn and Rose arc as this pointless uh, like side quest that served no purpose. It did serve a purpose. We'll get to that in a second. But it also informs Poe's decision as a terrible leader. Yep. That that was his plan. Backed him up. Yeah. Yep. And it was the wrong move. Yep. It was the wrong plan. And it's so much so that Poe's decision to help Finn and Rose do that led to the death of the escaping transport ships. Yep. Because had he not sent Rose and Finn to do that, they wouldn't have brought Benicio to betray them to tell Hux to shoot on those transport ships. That's not on Finn or anyone else. That's on Poe. Yep. And I don't I don't know if 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 they've written that that Poe surely they've they've realized that as the writers, but that think about that as as anyone who's seen the movie and may criticize Finn and Rose's there's a purpose in that alone. Yeah. Of what, uh, of to to Poe's art, and I've heard the argument. Well, why didn't they just tell Poe what they were planning? Mm-hmm. It's how, the chain of fucking command. Yeah, how could like, they? How could they? You, sorry, buddy. Yeah, it it's it goes to that. You're not the most important character in this story. Yeah, <laughs> like sorry, you're you, you are. I mean, you are not the general, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You do what the general tells you to do. Yeah, and if this person is now in command, you're supposed to listen and do as they say. And I, I mean, all these things that we're like, people are saying they're against, they're upset about. I get it, right? Because I was feeling some of that stuff when I, I get was it watching. Too. I get it too. But it's it's because of those expectations, yeah, though. Yeah. And fuck our expectations. <laughs> like, it's, you have to. Okay, we we it's it's like a, a similar conversation we were having off mic. Yeah, it's, it's time to stop at, talking about what could have been, and it's time to start talking about what is. Yep. And now let's look at what is, and talk, and analyze that. Yeah. And, and and you're right. All those things reinforce Poe's bad decisions. It also showed the resistance and like that that whole casino planet. Right. Mm-hmm, We've mm-hmm. never seen anything like that. Right. At least, and not it, in the films. Not, not in, the films. in the films. Yeah. And seeing these people that, like, were those kids that were basically enslaved like Anakin was, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And these animals and just, just spreading that resistance, right? It's Giving the- that kid the – I mean, obviously that kid became something more at the end, <laughs> yeah. right? But the idea of spreading the resistance in that way I thought was really awesome. Mm-hmm. And I we we don't see that we don't see those resistance efforts ever before, right? It's always just been, this is what Luke, Leia, and Han are up to. This is what Obi Wan and Anakin are up to, 
you know it and showed the it's sh- the war profiteering subplot there is really quite neat because it was awesome th- i loved yeah. it i thought oh I, this guy sells tie fighters in the x-wings so oh look i love when benicio did that it's like oh look at these uh, look at these weapons these weapons these we- oh and rebel weapons too yeah i don't understand now i get it there i can completely understand the prequelitis of the of the that subplot yeah. i get it it has Definitely some some shades of the prequels, but hey, yeah. there's something for everyone in the Last Jedi. Yeah. You liked uh, the prequels? Well, you get a whole uh, Canto bite se- uh, sequence. I just love that. That's how that's how uh, how much that planet has been brought into conversation. That I can name the planet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right? That's that says something, right? Um, the the thing is, is that like the scum and villainy of the war effort is on the rich side. It's the same sort of scum and villainy that you would find on the rebel side of things, right? The war profiteering. They they explored that in a, in at least one arc in the clone wars. If you've watched the animated clone Wars series, I only ever saw the, like, what is it? The Jack, the same team that did the, the 2d animated. Oh, you saw the Jenny Tartakovsky clone wars. Um, Yeah. The clone wars. I, I don't know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. We've it's discussed like the same it on the show. Like Samurai Jack. Jack. Samurai yeah. Jack, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the Finn and Rose. I also thought so. the little like leprechaun dude putting things into BB-8 was fun. <laughs> Do so. you know who voiced that character? No. Mark Hamill. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had told Ryan Johnson, like, hey, I'd like to voice uh, one of the CG characters. I've done it before. <laughs> he hadn't done it before. <laughs> he's obviously had voice experience, but he's never done <laughs> He's done some voiceover before. The first transport is away from Empire Strikes Back. That's Mark Hamill in Empire Strikes Back. I didn't know that. Hoth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that little guy. Yeah, he's so drunk and just putting things. And then, I mean, I I do actually have a complaint about BB-8. Yeah, he seems a little powerful, a little, a little too powerful. A little too powerful. Want, you want my opinion? I feel like I have like really weird, like obscure, nitpicky things like that. No, I I was disappointed that he was he ended up being in the ATST and helped kill all those stormtroopers. Yes, <laughs> but apparently they just need BB-8 and he can win the war. I'll like, be like, <laughs> yeah, he's so cute. Oh, I love when he faked the mouse droid noises. Yeah, when they put the box on, and he was like. <laughs> and then there's BB Hates. I don't know what the the black. I don't know uh, what his black, name is. But I'm calling BB so Hates. Is it? Mm, yeah. <laughs> the Finn and Rose subplot. It is the weakest subplot of yep. the movie. I, it, it's it's such a strange juxtap- juxtaposition to what's happening on the ship with Poe, uh, Rose, uh, Rose. Sorry, Ray's journey um, and Kylo's journey as well. Like those are so strong to get this very. It's the side quest, and I, I I can completely understand people's complaints about it. However, there is an importance to it. We've already discussed yeah. the how it reinforces Poe's leadership mm-hmm. story arc. Uh, they that story is the morality story that's taking place. They are they are seeing the war from the lowest place. Yeah. he's a janitor. She's a she's a, a mechanic pipe like yep. a, a pipe setter. Um. They're yeah. no, they are nobodies. They're nobodies, and I, and that's what so many people I feel subconsciously are reacting to. That the heroes of this franchise are no ones. That's what Star Wars is to well, me. Well, that's what's that's that's what makes it so special, yeah. right? Yeah, you don't have to have special blood. You don't have I mean, to have a special lineage. Luke, Luke, when we first knew Luke, Luke was we, a nobody. <laughs> he was nobody. Even when you knew his dad was just this great fighter pilot, you didn't know he was like 
super strong with the force mm-hmm. and like one of the greatest bloodlines to ever exist. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, I don't know. Star Wars was always about that. Anybody can make a difference. And Ryan Johnson brought that back. Yeah. And that's what made Ray not being anybody beautiful to me. The fucking, sorry, I'm cursing. The, the little, <laughs> the little, the little kid at the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the first time we didn't see a shot of all the characters. I know. End. Right. And instead we saw this, in my opinion, a very hopeful shot, right? That yeah, it's this, this next generation of Jedi that are out there. That mm-hmm. that it's it's funny because Star Wars is always meant to be for kids, as George Lucas said. Yeah. That final moment had such a, a a swell of nostalgia in my heart mm-hmm. to remember when I was a little kid looking at Luke Skywalker and yeah. thinking like. That's me. I could do that. Yeah. And now I we mean, have this little kid. There had to have been a time in your life where you looked at something across the room. Oh, and were like, I do that regularly. <laughs> come, come on. Come on. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, unfortunately, see, I have yet to make it work. But. Uh, you know, one day. <laughs> um, the that, that final moment with that kid, that ki- and that scene wouldn't have the impact it would have without uh, Rose and Finn having crossed paths with them yep. and and spreading the legend of the rebellion to yep. those. To, I love the little kid telling the stories, much like yeah, much like uh, C three PO telling the story to the Ewoks yeah. in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Ooh, that, that, that's got but that's Luke how you, Skywalker. That's how if you were a kid and you had your Star Wars toys, yeah. you would explain it to your friend. Yeah. Right? Oh, man, uh, it, there's a lot of really good things in that film. I mean, there's some stuff like. I don't know. The Tie Fighters had to be that close to their Star Destroyer. Like, what's the deal with that? Like, what? Did they run out of fuel or something? Like, <laughs> yeah. The, the slow escape of the frigate was strange to me. Yeah. But you know what? The payoff for that was I, Steve. I thought I had seen every single way something could explode in space. <laughs> And that light speed into the ship moment, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah. I don't know about you, but sitting in the so I, I saw it in the IMAX 3D with the fully Dolby surround system. And when that moment hit, I'm tearing up now just thinking about it. That was cinematic oh, goal. I, yeah. I I was stunned. My jaw dropped. I'm like, this, this is how I know how impactful that moment was. I react to shit all the time when I see movies. Candace was next to me and goes, damn. <laughs> Candace never reacts to anything. And she reacted. So that's how I know that's how impactful that scene was. Well, this is the problem with that scene is afterwards my buddy's like, why don't they do that more All often? The time. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tremendous waste of resources. Okay? Well, that's what I was trying to say. I was like, well, just, getting starfighters and stuff, this is like cruisers. Yeah. Yeah, this it's expensive. It's, it's very expensive. Those things are gigantic. Yeah. You're just going to build one to throw it at something? Come on. You can't. But you blew up something bigger and multi it wasn't just the one giant snoke destroyer it was like other star destroyers so i think it was a good trade that was (laughs) amazing like that that's it looked it was beautifully and the the sound design oh boy whoo that that moment it's fucking bad man what a way to go out badass now now part of me wishes that they had found a way for that to be princess leia's send-off yeah I'm, I'm, uh, uh, but that's minor. I am glad that she gives, she, for a little longer, Steve, Princess Leia, General Leia, gets to continue to lead the resistance. Well, it, 
if they would have lost that moment with Mark mm-hmm. or with Luke, I should yeah, say. Yeah. I mean, that was to me the right send off. Yes, for for it was beautiful. I I, I I told my buddies that all weekend. It was so beautiful the way they talked to each other, and they gave me a lot of crap for yeah. it. But it was it beautiful. was it felt it's it movie. felt like the right send off for her and for Mark. It, it was awesome. It was uh. To, to, to have him vanish into the force and be able to come back as a force goes, to have her, she gets to fight another day. Yeah. We get to have, we could have decades of expanded universe books of Princess Leia's adventures, and she gets to live on. Had they yep. killed her, it would have been bittersweet. She would have gone down fighting, which would have been amazing, mm-hmm. but I think it's more important that she, that they didn't, that they didn't rewrite the story to because Carrie had passed away. That scene when her and Luke say goodbye to each other, uh, God, I'm like, so I'm choking feels. up just thinking about yeah. it now where he says, um, we're never truly gone. Like, yeah, it was so bittersweet watching her uh, performance. And we talked about Mark's performance. This is the greatest performance of Carrie Fisher in her career. Yep, she brought it, man. Like, it is so. It's hard. It's you can't separate the fact that you know she's gone. So every minute, yeah. every second, every moment she's on screen is it's important. Precious. <laughs> and it's and they don't waste a moment. With, well, okay, well, mm-hmm. she does kind of sleep in cryostasis for a little bit, but it's still every time she's. <laughs> It was beautiful, and I'm uh, glad that they didn't kill that her. scene. That's there's that scene and the Yoda scene are my two. Oh my god! Scenes. When Yoda showed up, when he showed up, and <laughs> and he was a puppet. It was puppet Yoda. I mean, I I noticed that. I didn't need to like mm-hmm. look it up. I was like, that's my that's, Yoda. That's that's Return my of the Yoda. Jedi po- uh, puppet Yoda right there. That I had no idea. Like I, there was no expectations of that happening at Not all. At that all. was so. And what made that? That's Yoda being in that scene. Yoda calling down that lightning, because mm-hmm. this this movie it talks about how the ways before weren't working, right? Yeah, yeah. like the Jedi didn't work. Every time there was Jedi, there was still Sith. There was no, it was just this never-ending battle of good versus evil, which I guess is kind of just yeah, life, right? That's, but that's life. <laughs> but it wasn't working. Even Luke, the greatest of them all, mm-hmm. fell to temptation. When he had his moment of weakness yeah. to kill Ben, he was gonna kill Ben, mm-hmm. and you know he stopped himself, but it was too late. It ben too late. saw the betrayal against him, mm-hmm. and maybe Ben was already going down that dark path. But this was the nail in the coffin, right? Yeah. It was, and that's why Luke is so destroyed and just fucked up, <laughs> right? In just letting it all to have Yoda come and impart wisdom on him one more time, and to to solidify his views or to, to solidify what Luke felt like that the yeah. Jedi needed to end. Like you're, you're right. There Luke. needed to be a new, there needs to be a new generation that aren't influenced by these old. Are you paying attention fans? <laughs> this is important. This isn't just about the film. This is about the series. <laughs> exactly. And to have Yoda do that and confirm what Luke felt that made it more impactful and, mm-hmm. and to do it for him. To do it for him, like yeah. Luke, this was, he was him still, saying yes. Yeah, Luke still had that right doubt. Thing. He still had that doubt. He he wanted to do. I'm gonna set fire to this tree. I'm gonna burn yep. it to the ground. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it, Yoda. And Yoda's like, <laughs> boom! I'll yeah. do it for you. <laughs> Have yeah. you read those books? <laughs> God, you know what I didn't? Not a page turner. <laughs> you know what I didn't notice the first time, but I caught the second time. First time, Yoda says every every. Uh, she <laughs> has everything. She, she has needs. everything she needs from this this yep. tree, and he also stops. Luke from going in 
to find out, mm-hmm. she took the books. Yep. I didn't notice it the first time. Oh, you didn't catch it in the uh, drawer? Yeah, and the second time when, when oh, Finn yeah, gets yeah. the blanket for Rose, the Jedi texts her right yep. there. When I saw it the yeah. second time, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> I'm actually surprised you didn't catch I that. I didn't catch it. Was, I didn't catch it. I, I thought for sure you would catch that. Yeah, yeah I caught oh, it. Uh, speaking of that end moment, this this has to be deliberate choice of dialogue. Poe Dameron meets Rey. What is what is she what does she say? I'm Ray, and he says, "I know." I know. Now, what's the m- most famous "I know" in cinematic history? TC, I love you. I know. <laughs> right? <laughs> I pointed that out to Candace. She's like, "No, nah, no, nah, that's coincidence." I'm like, "No, not in Star Wars. Not no. not with a line of dialogue like that." I did think uh, the. Um, I got a bad feeling about this. It was mm-hmm. kind of a cheap shot. Yeah, that they had BB-8 say it. Yeah. That's, that's cheap. I wouldn't have known that unless I looked said it so. up. Like. <laughs> but uh, I'm curious to see if they – I don't – I was kind of like, oh, don't don't pursue a Poe-Ray relationship. I want Finn and Ray to, to be a thing. Yeah, but now we got Finn. <laughs> I don't think Finn was into that kiss. No, I, think. <laughs> I don't think so either. And it was funny because someone was like, uh, how can how can Rose love him after knowing him for so? Rose loves the legend of Finn. Yep. The first thing she says when she meets him is, "Oh my God, you're the Finn." He's you're like, Finn? "I'm the Finn." Yeah. <laughs> Boyega, I thought did a fantastic job. Yeah, I like Boyega. Did great. I, I like John I like Boyega. Oof, man, I've, I've I thought she, Rose did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I think she was the weakest. Yeah. I I. I, I a lot Isn't of she like a brand new actress. She's new, too? yeah, and like, and she did good. I don't think she did. I don't think she did a, a terrible job. But a lot of what people are complaining about in terms of that subplot might have been fixed in a small part if Rose had been portrayed by a stronger actress. Yeah. I, 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 that's a that's a minor complaint because a lot of her she had a lot of like really like grandeur like. Um, ideas and yeah you know like oh they're so amazing and this mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. but it kind of all fell a little flat yeah yeah i still like the character i still like what they did with her i'm interested to see where they go there's a lot of relationships uh, established and reinforced established and or reinforced in last jedi yeah. i'm curious to see how they pursue in nine um i'm i'm glad to see so much representation in the film obviously yes. i'm yeah. i'm the least qualified person to be talking about representation <laughs> <laughs> you and me both buddy <laughs> But, but I did like seeing a lot of different faces because mm-hmm. hmm, that sounds like Earth. Yeah, a lot of different, a lot of different faces. A lot of different faces, <laughs> and not all weirdo aliens. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Family Guy has a joke about uh, when Mon Mothma shows up in the uh, Return of the Jedi. Family Guy, right? Yeah, where it's oh look, it's the only other human female in the galaxy, and then <laughs> Lois's Legos. I hate her. <laughs> or, I, I don't like her, right? It's like, oh yeah, there aren't any other female humans. Oh, I mean, Aunt Beru, she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to see so many more human non-alien faces showing up in the in this series. I really appreciate that. My buddy did bring up something, and I, I think it is kind of valid. Why aren't there more aliens fighting? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I was like CG and money. <laughs> <laughs> CG and money. That actually is probably the real answer. Um, but hey, there are but a couple, but I, I, this is possibly a lesson learned. Wasn't it a little difficult to uh, attach yourself to all the CG characters in the prequels? Hundred percent. There is something uh, to be said about there's a Mr. real Jar Jar Binks, who's a main character. <laughs> I'm not that... familiar with J- what is it? J- it's J- Jar 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 Jar. Yeah, it's hmm. a sounds like a Sith. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that theory. That theory is so silly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's time to. It's, I think it's time to talk about the man himself, Mr. Kylo Ren. So Kylo's my favorite part of the film. 
dude, I, I, I'm like, I like savor all the people bitching about Kylo Ren. Like, eh, he's just a whiny. I'm like, this is the Anakin Skywalker you that you have always. Uh, his that's like, the Anakin I want. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> Adam Driver is so so good, compelling. Yeah, in his performance, and Kylo Ren is such a fascinating character he's the most human character out of all of he them he is so messed up and yeah. he is just so broken and this series is Ugh. still following the skywalker blood because man is he a result yep. of some yeah. history oh my god i i'm i loved him i think his performance has been fantastic mm-hmm. i love that he's just so upset and just Love his temper tantrums. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss the mask. To be honest, I did like. Well, I, and I heard the guy that designed the mask was very like. Oh Aww. no, my like, heart. Uh, we like, spent so much time making that mask. I'm giving you everything. Take off that stupid mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a couple of moments of of like uh, taking expectations and and spinning them on their head and like. Yeah. And, a little, a, a bunch of meta commentary. A lot of people making fun of how he looked without a shirt, too. Dude, okay, look. Any of what? you who are like, oh, his high pants, let's take it back to the source. Star Wars was inspired by a lot of freaking Kurosawa, right? Yep. For, for a hidden Fortress, yep. right? Asian influence. He's dressed like a goddamn samurai, okay? Yes, he like, is. <laughs> those high pants are perfectly fine. And everybody <laughs> in Star Wars has high pants. <laughs> I don't get it. I love that. She's like, do you have a shirt or a towel you can put on? Yeah. <laughs> Did, was this movie too funny? Was there uh, too many jokes? We had discussed off mic about Thor having a little too many, too, a, little, a few too Thor many jokes. Thor was just like one or two, one or two jokes too many. too many. Do you feel that this movie undercut the drama with the comedy too often? Because this is that is a major complaint, and I get it. I really do. I can. I, I honestly think – there were some scenes that could have done without the joke. Yeah. Especially with Luke. Uh, since he's supposed to be super serious and I'm mm-hmm. so upset with the world. And then he's like, <laughs> like <laughs> Hey, he's crazy but, like crazy like Yoda is like crazy. Yoda. But Yoda was just always kind of crazy funny the entire time. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I, I I did feel like there were some scenes that were undercut by it. Like when she was gonna like he, he told her to like reach out. You feel it? You feel it? Slap. Yeah, and I thought that was like, I don't know. I, I thought a, it was too much. It's a good joke. It's a good joke. But look, like people are complaining that the jokes are too jokey, right? Of all the of all the the nitpicky uh, complaints, I think this one is the most nitpicky. Yeah. Um, in that, you know, plenty of fans of the Last Jedi like the Last Jedi sense of humor. I I liked a lot of the jokes. I, I like liked, most of it. I like the Poe. The Poe, uh, and intro like at the beginning it's not too much i thought uh, it was funny it's not, I, it was, yeah it's not it was too much different than like uh, uh no everything's fine everything's fine yeah, up here we exactly. just had a, a bla- uh, how, how are you like it's <laughs> it was very like han solo yeah and i think it's you know uh and that's why i think that's why i the only parts that i can think of that were like too funny mm-hmm. to me were those really like like the luke scenes mm-hmm. but I understand. That's Mark Hamill. He's the funny guy. He likes to joke around. I just, I don't know. And I, they Luke, didn't upset Luke was me. more like Mark Hamill than ever. <laughs> it didn't upset me. You know, I wasn't sitting there like, oh my God, how can they do this? But I did think it would have made those moments a little stronger. Yeah. I yeah. I, like there, when he got the lightsaber and just threw it, I don't know. Was, I thought, 
I don't know. I get what they were doing with it. Yeah. What that point was being ma- what point was being made. But <laughs> it was still just a little too like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That like, was that was strange. That was your dad's lightsaber. That was your first lightsaber. There's there's a lot more meaning to that thing than just Yeah. <laughs> throwing it over your shoulder. Yeah. Uh, a lot but, of people who found the last Jedi too jokey also made subsequent like commentary and tweets that they compared to something to something of the prequels humor, which no, come on, like no. there, there's nothing the effective charge no. makes this. I think, you need to rewatch those movies. <laughs> yeah, right. I think people are forgetting exactly what was what was happening in those prequels. Most, Most of the, the comedy in this <clears throat> lands correctly and is funny. Yeah, the, the, the Star Wars fandom's own generational like handoff involves a generation raised primarily on the original trilogy versus a generation raised on the prequel and the original trilogy. Yeah, and I. I do feel like the people who are complaining the strongest are the people who who are so who grew up with just the original trilogy and and they're having a hard time like wrapping their mind around like it's not it's not yours it never was it's everyone's yeah sorry i i i I think that might explain some of the criticism that it's it's this generation and i i think the expectations thing is a big part of it god i mean hell the movie did not give a shit about any of those fan theories they didn't give. oh i'm sorry you have fan theories i don't care we're gonna make a movie (laughs) ryan johnson doesn't care that's why you have he's those salty tears Mm, there was an article the article i read though that jj and ryan johnson came to the same conclusion about ray's parents that they were nobodies. That they were nobodies. Wow, that is. That, I mean, they just said that they came to the same conclusion, and then and then we saw the movie. Mm-hmm. So if they came to the same conclusion, then the movie is what they both felt, right? Yeah. Um. So what do you think? Uh, the other big uh, thing I see a lot of people complaining about was uh, Leia Supermaning through space. <laughs> Look, uh, you know what? I I have I have a perfect quote. In I think I'm the to only that. person that liked that. Scene. I have a perfect quote for this. <laughs> Let me find it. Um, I I thought they killed her, like when that happened, my jaw dropped until her hand twitched. I was like, oh my god, they. they I did. told myself there's no there's no killing Carrie Fisher because when she died in real life, they said they will not kill her. I, so I was like, yeah, something's gonna happen. Somebody's gonna save her. They've lied to us before. <laughs> well, JJ's lied to us before. Um, oh, you know what? Just a quick tangent. I'm looking for this quote about Carrie. One, some, like, this is all defying expectations, right? This is like just turning Star Wars on its head. It's doing things that's never been done before, right? Every single person that's ever crossed a frame of Star Wars has a name and a backstory and some plot and some expanded universe story. Yeah. Probably has a toy. I love that Benicio Del Toro's character oh. doesn't have a name. He doesn't, huh? His name is DJ because that... Don't join is written on his costume. That's his name. He doesn't have a name. That's amazing. Star Wars has a character <laughs> that doesn't have a name. Not yet, at least. <laughs> not yet, at least. Uh, I I actually was gonna mention. I did not remember him being casted in this film. Oh yeah. So when he showed up, it was a. Benicio. Well, Benicio. <laughs> You're a really good actor. I had a friend. This who, is awesome. A, a friend who saw it with his girlfriend, and and she's like, she leaned over him and goes, I I mean this. I'm not trying to be funny. Is that Brad Pitt? 
<laughs> he kind of does. does look like Brandon. He, he does. That's crazy. Yeah, and I he was, liked. He I was liked. awesome. I mean, I like Benicio del Toro a lot. Yeah, I think yeah. he's a really good actor. I thought he was going to be in the ATST that saves the day, man. Nope. nope. Took his money he's and left. Scum. Sorry, scum. guys. Yep. <laughs> Cash rules everything around Hashtag me. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. <laughs> he was great, though. They I blow you up today, little, you blow him up tomorrow. His he, little. Yeah. Yeah. But all his little, like, <laughs> mannerisms and stuff. His weird stutter. Yeah. yeah. So good. All right. Carrie Fisher flowing through space. Uh, if the force can keep you walking around as a blue energy ghost after you die, if you concentrate hard enough, it can keep you barely alive in space. If you can pull objects towards you, you can pull yourself towards objects. That just makes sense. And Jesus nerf hurting Christ, how are any of you not just glad to see Princess Leia using the force? This is the last time we will get to see Carrie Fisher. Period. If they decided to let Leia become a Jedi Super Saiyan, let them. It's the least they can do. <laughs> I was sitting here waving my hands the entire time because that's how I felt. When I saw her use the Force, there was this, like, emotion just like, yes. It was weird. Yes. It was weird. It could have looked better. Yes. It was weird. I'll admit You would have been dead in space. But you know what? It's not the weirdest thing that's ever happened in a Star Wars. No, and I it's was, definitely not the worst thing that's ever happened in Star I was, Wars. I was pretty stoked. I was like, damn. Candice leans over and goes, what's happening? I go, she can use the Force. She's Force-sensitive. Of course she can fucking use the Force. There's the, there was no hint of her using the Force. Yeah, there was. I mean, she could sense. Oh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I she... knew there was something different about you. <laughs> You're my brother. She could sense that Luke was still alive after the Death Star yes. blew up. Like, she's shown hints of this. And she could feel where he was on Cloud City. Yeah. And I and I hate to be this guy. I really hate to be this guy. But in the novelizations that have been released that are canon, she did start training as a Jedi after Return of the Jedi, but had to stop because she went back into politics. So I'm sorry to be that guy that, well, if you go to the canonical... Carrie, you, or not Carrie, <laughs> Leia, you made the wrong choice back to politics. But it makes complete sense that yeah, her brother I, I, would teach her how to use the force yeah. and part of it it didn't even seem like this like super like conscious thing mm -hmm. i'm sure it was just this like i want to survive yeah. like yeah i'm i'm okay but it, it could have looked better it could have looked better it was weird but it wasn't – I mean, people are losing their marbles over it. I'm like, shut up. She used the Force. Can't That's we be so happy That's so awesome. It? <laughs> That's so awesome. We got to see Leia use the Force. Anytime I see somebody use the Force, I'm like, hey. <laughs> I, I missed the kid grabbing the broom because it's on the left side of the screen. Oh, So I didn't yeah. see it happen. Yeah. And Candace was like, oh, he used the Force. I was like, what? Poor <laughs> <laughs> TC. I saw it the second time because yeah. I was looking for it. <laughs> um uh, I, that fight with Kylo and Rey. Oh my God! Let's that Snoke scene. Okay, where they let's just, like, talk Snoke. They, they like people are upset about him being funny with smacking Kylo with the lightsaber. <laughs> I thought it was kind of good. I don't know when He's he hit Rey just, in the back of the head with the lightsaber. Oh, Rey, sorry, yeah. not Kylo. Um, just being a dick. I like. was I was a little disappointed that he was just some force user from the outer rim. Like that felt. And you know what? Sorry, just quick tangent. All your theories, Rey's parentage and Snoke's past can still happen outside of the films no in the or, next movie or in the next movie uh kylo ren is not a reliable narrator nope he lies a so lot. maybe ray does have special parents and if snoke was really that powerful who's to say he couldn't have force projected themselves somewhere so it's or that wasn't a force projection yeah uh however him getting sliced in half as it's unfolding i'm like 
you know, I'm smart enough. I'm, we're not, it's not it's not like subtle. It's like, oh, he's going to get killed. But how he was actually yeah. killed like, oh, my God. But I, I, Ray I, sticks her hand up and catches the lights there. Oh, man. I loved it because he died to his own arrogance. Yeah, yeah. He, he thought he knew everything about Kylo. He had Kylo wrapped around his no. big old finger. Yeah, and then Kylo being – yeah, and then Ray's like, "Cool, let's work together." He's like, "Oh no, I'm sorry, you misunderstood. Let's rule the galaxy together." Yeah. F this. I'm not gonna be Darth Vader. I'm gonna be better than Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that Ray kind of was like, "Um." She like says something to the effect like, "Don't do this. Don't go no, this no, way." No, no. I love that last moment when he looks. He connects with her that one final time mm-hmm. through through the Force, and she shuts the Millennium Falcon door. That's pretty yeah. definitive. Yeah. That that is a door shutting on that relationship. Yep. That the next time they see each other, you better effing believe that is going to be. I thought I thought they were going to do some shit. I thought there was going to be like, oh, maybe he does become good. At yeah, yeah. I, teams I, up I to thought kill they Snow. were going to hook up. Like, I, yeah. like I, there was some possibility there. But when her shutting that door, that is saying the next time we meet, we are enemies it's to the death. Yeah, yeah. God, doesn't that that little goosebumps? It's right? so good because that that has to happen. Like we've yeah. we've definitively said. He's not just Darth Vader. He's the Emperor. He's the bad guy. This is the villain of this story. Yep. And, and there's no redeeming him. When his own mother is like, is yeah, it, he's gone. Is it kind of bad that I kind of, like, a part of me wants Kylo to win? I, <laughs> I think that means because he's they such did a, a good, really good job of making a compelling bad guy. Don't you kind of want the Joker to win in the Dark Knight? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah like, a little that's bit. A little bit. I, 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 again, I savor that people hate Kylo Ren because I'm like, this is a really good bad guy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I couldn't watch that guy for a while after mm-hmm. Gladiator. It was just <laughs> like, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. He was such sick shit. Bad guy. Bad guy. Such a bad guy. Such a bad guy. And, you know, eventually, of course, like, uh, mm-hmm. walk hard or walk the line. Walk, walk, the, walk hard is the Dewey Cox story. Dewey Cox story. <laughs> um, that fight scene with Kylo. Oh, so and, good. And oh, the, that's man. one thing I loved about this movie is the lightsaber fighting. Mm-hmm. It's very Kurosawa-like, yeah. samurai. Wide not, shots. Yeah, no and flipping not, around. No flipping around. No silly things like that. I like when he caught the lightsaber and it, like, went into the dude's head. Like, Oh, my God. That, yeah. like, Yeah. What it was, I like the these red guards with the they, they look, have lights lightsaber like weapons. I thought they looked a little funny when I first saw mm-hmm. pictures of the guys. Mm-hmm. Eh, not my red guard. Yeah, but they turned out awesome. I love they had a uh, uh, lightsaber proof armor. Yep, like because they were getting yeah. hit, but it was like deflected off. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It was fucking cool. Yeah, man. that that fight scene it was really was good. I, I so good. Really excited to see that fight scene. Yeah, go. I, I honestly go back and watch Ray and Kylo's fight in uh, Force Awakens because that I, fight's really good too. It's good. It's so that is a fight, another fight scene. And I know I'm beating mm-hmm. a broken record here, broken drum. But I'm beating a drum here. <laughs> I can't even get my things right now. Um, she's really powerful for going up against a guy who's okay. trained. Is he trained? Trained for a bit, at least, yeah, under yeah, the true. tutelage under, of, a of Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker right, and, uh, and Snoke. What happened to everyone who was hit by that crossbow in Force Awakens? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got, so he I, took it to the kidney. He's okay. bleeding to and death. The, and I've given Force Awakens the past. And okay, the past okay, okay. And she, she is an expert with the staff. Right. If anything, she should be rocking similar to Darth Maul kind of thing. Yeah, right? I, like, I, I agree. 100% agree. That would be... Give her a bow staff. 
lightsaber. Please, that would be so cool. I'm cool with the lightsaber, like the the saber, but get her the light staff. Like yeah. that's what I want to see. That's yeah. clearly her weapon of choice. Obviously. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like she's she's just so I don't know. Again, uh, she just seems so powerful with mm-hmm. a lack mm-hmm. of training. This happened right after she finds Luke. I mean. So it's right after The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. At the same time, again, I don't want to see your goddamn chain. So <laughs> I, I'm hoping the next movie, there will be a nice gap mm-hmm. like, oh, time-wise. I, certainly. I think a lot of people are feeling the same way, that, be, especially with the loss of Carrie Fisher. Giving like a three-year gap. I don't, I don't recall what the gaps were between the original trilogy movies, but it was something like three years between uh, for multiple reasons. Carrie Fisher, for one. Uh, let these characters develop between the interim and gives you a hell of a lot of space for expanded universe stuff, yep. the comics, a TV show, I, mo- uh, more, more, uh, spinoff stuff. Empire, Empire in return. Isn't it like six? Years? Uh, it's, I, I can, I can go to actually a hat. I literally have Wikipedia up right now. <laughs> I <wanna laughs> so say I can it tell was you. supposed like in, in, mo- in universe, universe, universe right? in universe yeah. continuity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want to wait six years for the movie to come out. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> uh, this felt like an ending, though, and I think it goes plays to that. Like I said, it feels like Empire and Jedi combined. Yeah. That this felt, oh, it, it it didn't and it did, but a lot of it felt final. And I think what well, what the finale was were like, hey, all those expectations you have, forget them. Yep. You now have two years to theorize about a whole bunch of other stuff you're going to be disappointed. It's exciting because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have any expectation of what's going to happen. I mean, there's going to be some big fight, right? Yeah. But <laughs> but there's no Mark Hamill. Well, I mean, we, we assume we'll see Mark Hamill in some sort of Force Ghost, hopefully haunting Ben. Uh, <laughs> I like that idea. That's yeah. a really good idea. But we don't have this expectation that he's going to go train with Ray or anything like that. That didn't happen at all. I thought that's what this movie was going to be. Just her <laughs> t- lift the rock. Yeah. Lift it. It's too much. No, size doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's see. So between, uh, got to get the books out of here. Wiki- Wikipedia, get it together. All right. So, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Three. Oh, there's only one year canonically between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Really? Yeah. What What about What about New Hope and Empire? Then? New Hope and Empire is. I thought it was more. Three years. There's three years between oh. New Hope and Empire. Yeah. I have I have the official canonical Wikipedia up right now. Well, Wiki, Wikipedia shows what oh. I know. Quick, quick, Chewbacca, great. I felt bad with the. What did you think oh. of the Porgs? Did you like the Porgs? I love the Porgs. The Porgs are great. The Porgs Everyone's are like, great. oh, here's comes the new Ewoks. They the were Porgs just, were just, just right. Yes, just the amount. <laughs> they were adorable. I read an article re- yesterday that apparently there were puffins on the island, hmm. and this is how they changed puffins into something space. Oh, cute. Because it was easier to do that than to get them out of there. <laughs> Did you, well, they couldn't. Oh. By law, they couldn't because this is like a national yeah. park or something. So they just turned them into porgs. <laughs> so they turned them into porgs because that was easier than trying to like edit them out, mm-hmm. like make I, them I grass love the or porgs. whatever. I liked all the little creatures they were so on the. Cute. I felt bad for that couple that got their hut destroyed by that blaster fire, and then <laughs> I the, love those and then guys. the rock got destroyed destroyed there, and like really come on, girl, <laughs> their little outfits. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> they cracked me up. <laughs> Uh, I like that the porgs like started nesting in the Millennium mm-hmm, Falcon, mm-hmm. and Chewbacca's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then they like go into battle with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the little the little porg that was like, <laughs> dude, 
Chewbacca got to fly the Millennium Falcon finally, and he's really good at it. Yeah. We've never seen him pilot the Millennium He's always co-piloted. Yep. Like, he's done some, like, docking procedures, but he actually got to throw down, fly it the Millennium Falcon. that he would be the one to fly <laughs> and not Ray. Yeah. Mean, He's only been co-piloting it for 60 years. So long. I don't know how long they've been doing it. But Oh, and, and someone did point out that Yoda can't come back now because there's no one left alive that knew Yoda. False. Chewbacca knew Yoda. That's right. <laughs> I miss you, Chewbacca. <laughs> Ooh, Chewie. <laughs> not, to, not to bring up the prequels, but, you know. They, wouldn't, right. they so, wouldn't do it, though, right? Uh, final, final, final. Do you have to be Force-sensitive? To, to, to see to Yoda see as a ghost? I have no idea. <laughs> You've only ever seen Jedi see other Jedi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or Sith. And well, who knows? Right? I, right. That we, that, but in canon that I, I Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we've, we've ever seen. Oh, a quick, quick little note. Uh, the projecting across time and space through the Force was pretty neat. So, like to see uh, Kylo and Rey. And like Kylo brought water back with him. That's something that's, that's amazing. Yeah, that was Kylo cool. Was really I was, that, all that like very looper. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, Ryan Johnson. I thought Ryan Johnson did a great job. Oh, yes. I thought yeah. he knocked it out of the ballpark. I think it's by far the most gorgeous of the films. Crate that that planet. I mean, I know we saw it all in the trailers. Mm-hmm. That that white with the bright red. It was gorgeous. Those yeah. little crystal foxes were really cool. Yep. Um I like that Finn didn't actually commit suicide. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a good twist because it's like, well, there goes Jason Boyega. Like, <laughs> or John Boyega. I would have been Boyega. sad. I was Why like, do I say oh. Jason? Because <laughs> it's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> um, so fi- final thoughts here. Uh, yay or nay? Uh, a big yay. I, 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 you made your lists. I did. Your order. Do you remember what it is I off do. the top of your head? Empire. Uh, Empire. Last Jedi. Let's La- Sorry. Last Jedi is your number two. Last Jedi is Numero Dos. Numero Dos. Go ahead. And then I went New Hope. Mm-hmm. And I went Return of the Jedi. And then I went uh, Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Yeah. And, and the prequels. <laughs> the prequels. I don't remember where I put Rogue One. Mm. I think oh, it might have right. been yeah. Rogue One. or Ro- It might have gone Rogue One, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Or Revenge of the Sith, Rogue, <laughs> Rogue One. <laughs> and then, I mean, Phantom Menace. Yeah, and, and Attack, Attack of the, of the Clones, Clones were yeah. definitely last. So uh, I'm assuming you never saw The Clone Wars, the theatrical animated No, 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 and I don't okay. count it. So well, <laughs> I, I count that. That's my number 10. Number 9 is Attack of the Clones. Number 8 is Phantom Menace. Number 7. Oh, shoot. I, I My nephew asked me. I was like, oh, boy, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, then Rogue One. So that's yeah, the, all the prequels I, are out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, New Hope, Empire. Yeah, I think that'd be. I could have gone either way with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New um, Hope. I'm you very, know. very excited. So I, I have been engaging in expanded universe. I've watched the Clone Wars animated series, which I really, I recommend. However, I need I, to watch it. I've yeah. heard really good things. I liked Rebels. I've seen the first two seasons of Rebels. I'm about to dive I mean, into Rebels. You're gonna like it, dude. Yeah. Uh, I, I recommend. I need to watch more. I recommend the Clone Wars. What I would really like to see is somebody make fan edited films of the story arcs because as the series went along, they started doing five part stories that play like movies. Mm-hmm. There is a Darth Maul, Obi-Wan Kenobi story really that is better than all the prequels. It is insanely good. I really need to watch it. Yeah. 
Um, there are some there are some bad story arcs. Anytime yeah, C-3PO is the main character or Jar Jar or Padme, if I'm being honest. Like, those arcs, they don't work. And there's a lot of, like, kid stuff in yeah, it. Yeah, and I'm aware that Rebels is more kiddy than... than lo- but no, you know what? scenes, dude. dude it's Clo- awesome, Clone Wars, <laughs> Clone Wars skewers people with lightsabers on screen. There is so many people I need murdered to watch and I've, killed. I've heard great things. Yeah, uh, what... Um, I recommend Rebels. If if Rebels is supposedly more kiddie, then I'm going to love Clone Wars. Yeah, there cause... are some shocking deaths on the Clone Wars. I'm I like, Jesus! Yeah. Oh, my God. They, like, just people getting lightsabers through their chests yeah. right on screen. And, um, like, uh, the you don't know you know who survives so anytime you meet a character that isn't in the f- subsequent mo- shows and movies it's like anakin's okay, gonna kill you later or, or, <laughs> well or maybe or, or it's like what's gonna happen to you and yeah. they found they found a way to make the clones great characters because th- over the course of the five seasons the clones develop personalities and names and stop be- being the drones and start being humans and there's some really fun very very uh uh, Sergio Leone style oh, I bet. stories yeah. about the clones. Well, and that was something with that Samurai Jack animated one. Yeah, that they had their own personalities. They were just this like SEAL Team Six of the <laughs> yeah. clone troopers. It was awesome. Yeah. So I, I I recommend those. I have all the books that I'm going to be diving into this coming year. Um, ideally, my plan is to have caught up on all expanded universe before yeah. episode nine. So I have two years. <laughs> uh, looking forward to the Han Solo year, nay. Uh. Yeah. Uh, Ron Howard hasn't excited me in a long time. <laughs> Have you seen Rush? Great movie. I, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't like blown away though. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a little nervous as well because it's the exchange of directors and that happened. Donald Glover. I'm excited to see him. Yeah, he's yeah. fucking Lando. <laughs> <laughs> and the Khaleesi's in it too. So there's that. Oh, she is, yeah. huh? <laughs> because uh, you cannot have a Star Wars without a brunette British voiced female lead. <laughs> Every Star Wars. <laughs> I I just I hope it's something different, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I the the tough thing is that they only have so much latitude. It will take place before Rogue One, after episode and after episode three. So they can only play wait, with so much. It takes much place after Rogue One. Before Rogue One. Oh, before Rogue before One. Before Rogue okay, One. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we'll 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 be back with more Star Wars conversation at the very least when when, when Han Solo. How comes do you feel out. about Ryan Johnson's trilogy? I'm excited by that. I'm, I like that. I, it's... I like the the exploration he's done in last Jedi and in finding new fresh ways to look at the star Wars universe. I'm curious where it's going to be set. That'll determine yeah. my excitement because I'm done with pre Yavin. Okay. I don't need to see clone wars. I don't need to see any more prequels go post the battle of Yavin. Well, any, how do you feel anywhere. about like old Republic? But, I know they said that they're not doing old Republic. I, I, I don't care. I don't care to see Old Republic anymore. It's just, look, prequels, you can only invest so much in prequels because you know where, where it it's goes, going, yeah. right? And that that's a credit to prequels that succeed because it's like, wow, you found, me a, you found a way to make me care and be invested in something where I know how it ends, right? I want to see in between New Hope and Jedi, in between uh, any time in there, right? There's plenty to explore within that timeline, and there's nothing. Like, seriously, looking at the Wikipedia – at the canonical timeline between uh, uh, Return of the Jedi to Seven, there's nothing. There's nothing there. So explore the the that era, and have, have why not build about upon the legends of 
Star Wars without seeing the legend of Star Wars? Mm-hmm. How does how does the legend but of the Death Star being blown up? An entire trilogy without like Jedi? Without oh I I. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'm. That's the problem, right? Is I feel like they're kind of backed into this weird corner where they're not able to play with lightsabers and the Force. Really. I'm okay with that. Tell you the truth, like uh, I, I don't know. I guess I just want more. <laughs> more like, I want. Look, look, you got all the lightsabers you want out of Episode Two, okay? No, stop it, you. You want lightsabers? Go watch the Clone Wars. Okay. I'm curious to see what the listeners have to say. You can tweet at us at TC's Big Head. At, if you want to talk to Steve, tweet at TC's Big Head. Hit up the Facebook page or wherever you're listening to this. Comment. Let us know what you thought about Last Jedi. We do have another Last Jedi episode that's going to go up in about a week. Uh, Schulze and Jeff will be doing a Rewatchman React. I don't know if you're familiar with our spinoff series, Steve. But they give their feelings going to the movie in the car. And then they give, then they give their feelings in the car going home. I so, love it. Yeah, it's a much more contained as opposed to the two and a half hours that we babble. You get a much more contained uh, conversation between those we two. We do love to babble. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for listening to this extended episode of with Lethal Weapon at the front end. And uh, lots to say about The Last Jedi here. Steve, thank you for being on oh, the episode here. It's a pleasure. I will get you back soon. An honor. I will get you. I will get you back soon. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to see what your thoughts are on Last Jedi after you see it a second time. Yes. And a third time. And, and a fourth time. <laughs> and so, right before, again, right before episode again. nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, that's all for the episode this week. I am TCD Witt. For Ben, who's still abroad, for Steve across the table for me, audible high five. Bow. For all the rewatchmen everywhere, saying, if you are a creative story, if you are a storyteller, if you are an artist, don't let anyone stop you. Keep pushing. Keep doing what you're doing. We'll see you next time. Thank you.